UFO. Portland! Portland! Two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five. In this, the month of June of the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, joining us, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. This is the Rick Emerson program, a cavalcade of whimsy to which you are invited. Uh, 503-228-4101 if you would like to join us today. 503-228-4101 if you uh, live elsewhere. It's 1-800-344-KUFO. Like if you're that guy who lives in um, Bergenflagen or whatever that uh, that place in, in Norway. Whatever, wherever it was. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R. At KUFO.com, and here's a little window into the way my mind operates. Every time I say, let me ask you this, Tim, here's a quiz. Every time I say, or Nibbler at N-I-B-L-E-R, at KUFO.com, what am I thinking in the back of my brain? I don't know. I'm thinking that it has the same cadence and meter as the Mickey Mouse Club theme. N-I-B-L-E-R at K-U-F-O.com. Oh, yeah. And then I had this weird thing of what, like, Davey and Annette or whoever they were, sort of marching by the camera. Hey, was, uh, was, who was the woman on, on the, the, the Mickey Mouse Club that was not in that? She was the blonde woman. Was it uh, Shelly Fabre? Is that her name? Fabre? Who was it? Who did? I know who you're talking. She was on the Donna Reed show. And she did Johnny Get Angry? Yes. You know the song I'm talking about? I think we played that recently. No, we played Johnny Angel. Yeah, we played Johnny Get Angry. It's a power. I think that's a, I think that's a gold recurrent right here. She'll be part of Rock Fest. <laughs> right after... Right after the crystals, so we'll sing He Hit Me and It Felt Like a Kiss. All right. Well, in any event, uh, if you'd like to uh, text, you can do that. It's 52051, ladies and gentlemen. That is how you can uh, text us here at the Rick Emerson Show. 52051. About what things might you wish to text? Uh, well, you might want to text about Crew Fest tickets. Crew Fest 2 is coming up July 28th the Clark County Amphitheater, part of KUFO Summer of Rock. You can find out more at KUFO.com or uh, you can get tickets at Ticketmaster. Uh, so that's uh, Motley Crue, who, by the way, will be performing Dr. Feelgood in their entirety, which is the first time they've ever done it. I don't know that this is, I don't think this is the first show of the Crew Fest tour. It might or might not be, but this tour is the first time they've ever performed Dr. Feelgood in its entirety. It's going to be Motley Crue, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, Theory of a Dead Man, um, Charm City Devils, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so coming up tomorrow, we're going to be giving away a pair of front row tickets to Crew Fest 2, and we will tell you uh, how we're going to do that in just a moment. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing wonderful. I watched the greatest movie ever last what? night. What movie was that, Sarah? 
as uh, though I didn't know. Perhaps it might be um, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. That's what I'm talking about, right here. And here's the thing: is I have this copy of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, which is just as good and awful as you might expect. Holy God! It is like the worst thing I have ever seen. I have never had more people ask to borrow something from me. I have never had a movie in my. This is like when I managed to secure that copy of Return of the King, the director's cut that was like 14 discs long. And I had a couple people say, hey, when you're when you're done with that, can you hook a brother up? I had probably I had probably nine people uh, who worked here in the building. The day we talked about Mega Shark versus a Giant Octopus, they just came out of the woodwork wanting to borrow it from me. But you were the first to do so. I wow. did, and I brought it back. Yes, you did. So, uh... Aaron has already uh, put himself on the list about Christy Turnquist and the Oregonian uh, wants to borrow it. It's awesome. It is. There are no words. No. There are no words for the graphics or for Deborah Gibson. Deborah Gibson standing next to Lorenzo Lamas for large parts of the final third of the film, just sort of. And not. You know, I have to say, I did not see the love connection. No, and here's, I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be, you know, and maybe more involving Lorenzo Lamas. And it's it, and it's really only so they can so they can have that discovery about pheromones at the end. So anyway, if you haven't seen Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, you really are uh, you're really depriving yourself of one of life's uh, true it's joys. Like it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's over. <laughs> and that's it. It just stops. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And there's long sequences where you keep waiting for the actual special effects to kick in, but they never no, really they do. They never do. Because I guess the studio just cut off their money at a certain point, and they went, "Well, screw it. We'll just put out what we've and got." And there's now. no giant squid. They just keep showing the same image over and over again of the shark, yeah. like this, like animated shark swimming by. Yeah, that's it's like. It. It's sort of like when you watch this movie, which I think was made for the Sci-Fi Channel, and the Sci-Fi Channel said, well, it's just not up to our standards. I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to air this. I think at a certain point, they had... It was sort of like when you watch uh, on a DVD for Family Guy or King of the Hill or something, and they show what's called an animatic, which is basically just... It's basically just like a sketch, uh, like a few frames sketch of an animated scene showing what it will eventually look like. That's sort of what it's like with this Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus movie. It's kind of stand-in temporary effects that, like, that like your kid might do in, in like, Adobe Movie Maker or whatever. Um, that they just sort of inadvertently left in for the DVD release. Anyway, you get a chance, you got to watch it. It's, oh, uh, it is ridiculous. It is fantastic. Um, let's say a, a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 508. It's going to be partly sunny today. Highs near 80. Well, here's something nobody's pleased to hear. The Portland metro area's unemployment rate has jumped to the biggest in the nation at 11.6%. Now, that's an increase of 6.9% from April of last year to April of this year. That's even bigger than Detroit's job loss of 6.6% for the same period. All the more reason, no matter how much you hate your job, keep your mouth shut. If you want to uh, move to the city with the lowest unemployment rate in the land, pack your bags and head to Iowa City, Iowa. Well, why would you want to? Well, their unemployment rate is only 3.2%. Surprisingly, New Orleans boasts the lowest unemployment rate of metros over a million at 5.3%. I don't know. Okay, so how is it that the uh, the unemployment rate in Portland can be 11.6 if the statewide rate is 12.1? Do you know what I mean? Yes. So we can't have that. Well, this is from April last year to April of this year, and that, that 12-point figure is the latest one. Oh, I see. So this is the... Okay, so it's a... So that's a, that's a year-to-year increase as opposed Correct. to last month. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. So it's gotten actually worse I say than as, these numbers. As though it makes any difference whether it's 11.6 yeah. or 12.1. I mean, it's, uh, there's still ass numbers uh, anyway, so Jesus. And worse than Detroit? Yeah. 
I mean, that really is just look. I don't mean that. Uh, I know Detroit's had a bad uh, a bad run of luck over the last. I think they've had a bad half century. I was just going to say over the last eighty years or so. It's it's not like you've been uh, hit with the good end of the luck stick repeatedly in that state. But I, Jesus, God Almighty, is I hate to be comparing ourselves to Detroit and just say we're even worse than Detroit. But we're even worse than Detroit. Here's uh, Tim Riley. McCormick and Schmicks is closing down its original Old Town restaurant after 30 years at Southwest First and Oak. The Max tracks in its front door hurt foot traffic. Its 30 employees will be located toward the locations in the metro area. They have like 70 of them all over the country. Well, the city of Portland continues to make it miserable for people trying to conduct business here. Fees for Portland restaurants wanting sidewalk dining are going sky high. Now, the current fee is 10 bucks, which seems reasonable to have outside dining, set up a couple tables outside your restaurant. Well, now, the new city fees will be $150 for the application, $4.50 for linear foot. Don't ask me how they're going to enforce that one. Then an annual fee of $75, and then another $1.50 per linear foot. Are there linear foot inspectors out there? What is a linear foot? I don't know. That's a mathematical statement. It's... Is a linear foot just sort of, is that just the, the actual length as opposed to like a square foot, do you think? Probably. In other words, like a just, mm. in other words, if you were to go from one door, uh, you know, to, to the, if you were to go from one door to the next with a tape measure as opposed to like squaring it off. Now, I'm not like the tile. person who asked about math. I spent every year having nuns as tutors and learned nothing really? except I hate math. Okay. Well, the moral I, I'm, here is... I'm better at Titanic questions than I am of linear foot questions. By the way, I didn't even turn on Anderson Cooper last night because I didn't want to inadvertently pass along more incorrect information to the uh, to the good people of Portland. Well, the moral here is always make it more difficult for people to do business. Uh, when people are trying to recover in a struggling economy, always do your best to throw up roadblocks, hurdles, and impediments. It just chases more traffic into Beaverton, Jesus, yeah. where you can put up anything anywhere. I'll just open everything in Vancouver. They'd like that. Yes, they would. So I'm not sure if we want this or not. Walmart intends to create 22,000 jobs in 2009 without help anybody as Walmart opens 150 new or expanded stores in the U.S. The company expects to hire 22,000 people for these new 22,000 more slaves for these positions. They need plenty of cashiers and stock clerks, and they'll work you to death. But the world's largest retailer will also be adding store managers, pharmacists, and personal workers. I have a question about uh, Walmart. Do Walmart greeters... Uh, Sarah, can you uh, sweeten my microphone ever so slightly? Uh, Rick Emerson would appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, hey, so are Walmart greeters, do they get paid? I don't think anyone gets paid very well there. I didn't... I wasn't really putting a relative uh, assessment on the pay. Oh, no, they have name tags and stuff. Well, okay, that doesn't really... I guess a homeless guy could have... The homeless guys have signs that identify the, their particular uh, life circumstance. It doesn't mean they're getting paid. I mean, but I mean, in other words, in the, because aren't Walmart greeters always, isn't always old people? You know what I mean? It's always, it's always like, like your grandfather, you know, who doesn't want to spend this, you know, like he, I mean, he was killing a lot of time at the VFW and then they decided that that was probably a better way for him to uh, pass a few hours. I mean, taking a look at that makes you despise becoming old. It's like, <laughs> is this going to become me? <laughs> Like Am little, I going to be greeting people coming into a Walmart like I really mean it? It's like a, a, like I really care. You know who is a Walmart greeter? Uh, what, uh, the father of our friend, uh, our friend Clyde Lewis. His dad is a Walmart greeter, and just and his dad is just a bastard. I mean, just and I, I mean this is and I say this only because uh, Clyde himself, if he were here, he would agree with me. Just, just a bastard, just a cranky, curmudgeonly bastard, and just hates people. And I think, and I think it's missing most of his teeth, which I hate to stereotype, but I mean, really, and I mean, it, I think it's this. I think it's some weird 
jazz where he's got like one tooth uh, on the on the top and like none on the bottom. So he's got these strange custom dentures that are com- it's like a complete set of teeth for the bottom. And then for the top, it's some odd set of dentures that have a hole in them, so like the one natural tooth can go through. So it's, so it's you know, so he can feel like there's a little bit of a little bit of of himself left there. But he's a Walmart grader, and he's just the most just the most surly sob you've ever talked to in your life. Who just this is how this is how Clyde's dad. Um, this is a uh, little window into how that guy operates. We used to do this bit where we would call. This is when Clyde and I used to do a show together a long, long time ago, and we would call. His mom and his mom would do the weather for us, uh, and so we would call into the home and she would, you know, hello, and we'd say, "Hey, it's Clyde's a- mom." Would yeah, it's a long time ago. This is uh, this is years ago. This is like fifteen years ago. Well, was there one chief of potential sponsors have Clyde's mom do the weather for your business? <laughs> the and the weather was always wrong Showing at home looking at a uh, barometer. The weather was always wrong, by the way, because we found out later that she wasn't actually even out of bed. She would just sort of sit in bed and make it up, but. Um, Anyway, so we would call at home. She would answer the phone, and we'd say, "Hey, it's it's Rick and Clyde. What you know? How's the weather at your place?" She'd say, "Well, it's raining. I like Hummel figurines." And she would just sort of talk randomly. And it was kind of funny. But occasionally, his dad would answer the phone, and his dad would answer the phone, and we would say, uh, "You know, hey, uh, sir, it's uh, it's Rick and Clyde." And he would just say, "Clyde, you can't have any damn money." And then he would hang up the phone. <laughs> And that was as he was getting up and facing the day of his life as a, you know, his his day uh, greeting folks who were coming in the front door at Walmart. All right. Well, in any event, uh, let's do this. We'll get caught up straight ahead. We have uh, more from, wait, do we have Steve Kastenbaum this hour or next, Sarah? It's, uh, all right. Those thoughts all ran away with a spoon in my head. Steve Kastenbaum from uh, New York City will talk to us about the spread of civil rights, democracy, and freedom across our great land. Uh, we'll tell you how you can win a pair of front row passes to Crew Fest 2. They involve Sarah. It's just Sarah shaving your head. I was going to say they involve Sarah shaving your head, but there's really nothing beyond that. That implies it's oh, just I a component. You shaving her head. No, no, oh. there's going to be no shaving of anything on Sarah. Okay. Um, so Crew Fest Two, we have a pair of front row tickets. We're going to be giving away tomorrow. So what you got to do to enter this, you got to uh, send the words "Crew uh, Contest" to uh, nibbler at kufo.com. N i b l e r at kufo.com. Or you got to text them at five two zero. Five one, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 K U F O. The Rick Emerson Show. Did he strike you as being a creepy guy who enjoyed lap dances? Well, no. Only on Rock 101 K U F O. Indeed, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Thursday morning, and good morning to you. Coming up later on today, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop joins us from uh, Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. And uh, so today we have... I'm going to keep this straight in my head. Today is Thursday, so today we're going to be giving away uh, second row seats uh, to Crew Fest 2, which is happening July 28th, featuring Motley Crew, uh, Godsmack, Drowning Pool Theory of a Dead Man, etc., etc., so on and so forth. Today, second row seats, uh, and then tomorrow, front row seats, uh, along with uh, the rest of the Crew Fest uh, prize pack. So we'll have more details on that here in just one moment. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, Steve Kastamab. Good morning to you. How are you? All right. How's, uh, how's life in the big city, sir? It's going well. We, we've got a full house at the CNN Bureau this morning because they brought in uh, a lot of the political contributors to react to, uh, well, not react, but to uh, give analysis of President Obama's speech to the Muslim world. So it's kind of an interesting day here in the Bureau. Does that mean there's better food? 
You guessed it. That's where I was leading. <laughs> going right to the, you were headed right to craft services. Exactly. There is actually breakfast in the bureau. Yep. And so was the uh, uh, is this a, is this a thing that um, that you have some sort of uh, is there like a stock uh, variety of food that they typically have there at CNN for you guys? But then whenever you know there's going to be bringing in kind of all of the peripheral uh, players for something like this that they go uh, they go all out because here I'm just going to say occasionally what you'll do is you'll walk in on like a Tuesday morning and there's like a half crumpled bag of Fritos or something on the kitchen table. And that's about the extent of it. We don't really get much beyond that. No, I, I think uh, this may have to do with the, you know, changes in the budget or whatever, but the, uh, the fair has gotten pretty regular. Uh, yeah. Nothing special for special occasions right now. Just the typical breakfast stuff. Well, all right then. Sorry. That's okay. Hey, uh, so uh, I, I guess because it's, uh, you know, uh, because it's that time of day, we should probably ask if anything else is going out of business or if I'm going to be obliged to spend any more money to rescue uh, a, a company today. I mean, just because I can never really tell. Did you wa- watch at all any of the uh, the, out- the outtakes from uh, yesterday's hearing uh, on Capitol Hill in the Senate with the CEOs of GM, Fritz Henderson, and of Chrysler? Uh, Mr. Press, James Press. No, and I can tell right now just from the way you're phrasing this that I'm probably, it's probably for the best that I didn't because I think it probably would have given me some sort of, uh, it would have given me agita, as they say. You know, it was really interesting because they had the two guys sitting down next to two dealerships that were told that they had to close, right? And uh, most of the hearing dealt with all of this uh, confusion surrounding the dealership closing closings, right? And uh, it was really interesting to because people wanted to know, well, what was your methodology for deciding what dealerships were going to close? Because there seems to be no rhyme or reason if right. you look at it uh, on a micro level. And, you know, they said, well, we, they basically said, well, we, we looked at it and we came up with a formula and these are the places we're closing. But never really specifically explained, you know, why this dealership is closing or that one is but they, they said they looked at a number of factors, including overlap. You know, if a Dodge and a Chrysler dealership are, you know, close to each other, uh, there's a lot of similar vehicles being sold in both brands. So that's a duplication of, of a distribution network that they say costs them money and doesn't have to. But it was really interesting. Senator Frank Lautenberg, uh, he had one of my favorite quotes of the day, and I have to play it for you. What ought to happen is a plan there to say to the dealers, okay. We shove this down your throat, and now we'll take them back. He's talking about the cars that the dealerships were uh, encouraged to buy, additional cars that they didn't need to keep the companies afloat. And that's why they're so upset. They're, they're like, you know, we bought uh, 10, 20 percent more vehicles than we needed, and we actually sold them because you told us, you know, we needed to do this to stop the company from going bankrupt, and now you're going bankrupt anyway. Wait, so is that how that works? So if you're running a dealership, is the deal that you that you buy that stuff outright from the company and then you are effectively reselling it. In other words, it's not just like you're a storefront and the corporation is putting those cars in the, in the dealership. Like That is something where the dealership is paying for it initially and then recouping the cost when they sell it to the public. I'm glad you asked because I have the, uh, the, the right quotes queued up for this. Uh, this guy's name is Russell Watley. He owns a Chrysler dealership, Chrysler Dodge and Jeep in Texas. And he said the following. I honestly don't believe that companies should be allowed. That's Jay Rockefeller. Sorry, here he is. We are not a cost to Chrysler. No dealership is a cost to Chrysler. We are Chrysler's customer. In a typical month, we pay Chrysler over $2,500 in fixed expenses alone 
plus all the parts and the vehicles, which are paid for in full and up front. You know, I got, here's the thing. A, he sounds like that interstellar chicken lawyer on Futurama. B, I never really thought that I would uh, reach a point where radio seemed like a stable career choice. And, uh, you know, it, it seemed like an industry where things were going along, uh, along in a relatively smooth fashion, all things uh, being equal. Good God yeah, well, almighty. Listen to what, uh, and I'll make it quick, Jesse Press, the, uh, um, the CEO uh, of Chrysler, had to say. We are trying to bring, first of all, all three brands under one roof because by trying to run three separate brands and channels and dealer bodies, we've gone broke. Yikes. Jesus. Good God almighty. Um, hey, real quickly, uh, before we uh, wrap this up, so what, what is in New, in New Hampshire, um, so, the, uh, so the gay marriage law passed in New Hampshire, or it's going to be signed into law next week? Uh, next Yesterday. Yesterday? Yes. All right, so it, it goes into effect in January. It was signed into law yesterday, Wednesday. Yeah, the, the governor signed it into law, yes. Okay, so this is now the sixth state in America, and then uh, I know that there's been some discussion about New York, but that's still very much like a theoretical thing at this point. All eyes are on New York. There's just a few weeks left in the legislative session in Albany, and the way it stands right now, it seems that they don't have enough, it's very close, but they don't have enough votes to pass it in the state Senate, and there is an all-out lobbying effort going on in the more conservative uh, districts throughout the upstate area now by supporters of the bill. All right. And if you listen really, really carefully, you can hear the sound of James Dobson having a coronary in uh, in Colorado. I mean, if you're so inclined. All right. On that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. We will talk to you very soon. Take care. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, still to come, uh, we have Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com at 640. Later on, Jim Roop, uh, who has this. I don't have time to talk about it now. But there's this uh, there's a story they put out about um, Oprah Winfrey apparently no longer being the most powerful celebrity. Uh, this is according to Forbes magazine. It, I, it, we'll discuss it later. But it's, it has nothing to do with money. But it's just a but it, see it's because it's patently unbelievable. This uh, the way that they've ranked the way that they've ranked the number one the person who is now called the most powerful celebrity in the world. So anyway, so we'll get to that here in just a few. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this Thursday? Well, I'll tell you. It is the 20th anniversary of Tiananmen Square. A California mom tries to duct tape her daughter's boyfriend and haul him away. The president isn't looking forward to gentlemen callers looking for his daughters as they live in the White House. And, uh, oh, Nancy Reagan dedicates a Ronald Reagan statue. All right, so that's all on the way. And Sarah Dillon and I will talk more about uh, the Crew Fest giveaway. I'm so excited. I might as well just tell you, just to give you the bullet points of it now. So you can read all about this at rickemerson.com. Uh, you go to rickemerson.com. There's a, a blog post up about it. And I think on my, uh, my Facebook uh, page, I think I just, I think I linked to rickemerson.com. Um, but because the jump to conclusions, Matt, idea was already taken. So what we are going to be doing all through today, all through today's show, if you uh, are interested in getting a pair of front row tickets to Crew Fest 2, which is happening July 28th uh, this year, July 28th of 2009, which means, ladies and gentlemen, it's like two months away, they're going to be performing Dr. Feelgood in its entirety all the way through. Uh, also there, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, Theory of a Dead Man. And those front row seats, I mean, it's, it's, it's several hundred dollars. They are, uh, they are worth what my grandmother used to call a pretty penny. So here's how we're going to do it. All through today, you either uh, email or text the phrase crew contest uh, to KUFO. And here's how you do it. You email it to nibbler at KUFO.com or you text it to 52051. You just text the phrase crew contest to 52051. 
one. And out of everybody who enters, we'll get uh, three finalists who will come in tomorrow. One, quote, lucky, end quote, finalist uh, will get that pair of front row tickets. But here's the deal. In exchange for that, what is Sarah Dillon going to do? Sarah? No, you have to say the phrase. I can't even say it. I'll say the phrase. You have to tell what you're going to do. In a kooky morning show stunt, we're going to shave your head. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. It's only because I want to use the phrase crew cut. That's it. It's like, realize you're at Sarah Cuts. And I... <laughs> I'll um, try to do a good job. I was in a parking lot, but it was still a really great haircut. Uh, it all works backward. It just because it's just because I want to say crew cut over and over again. Because in my head, it's got and in my head, like the like the U in cut has umlauts over it too. And then it's in like some sort of um, it's in some sort of really aggro like early '90s font. So that is the deal. So you got to let Sarah Dillon uh, lop off your hair. So Sarah Dillon uh, will be mostly uh, shaving your head, and that'll be happening tomorrow. So you got so to enter today. A crew haircut. That's what I'm talking about. I am excited. With the I, whole, I could do that. I mean, with the big, and it won't be with like a blade. It'll be with the, 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 with the, the, the you know, the shears. The, the what do you call the the, uh, the clippers? It'll be magical. So it'll be the clippers, like the kind you use on your uh, like on your schnauzer or whatever. Yeah, like an ironic like tail or something. <laughs> Maybe just uh, but only if you braid it with, with little beads at the end. So that'll be happening tomorrow, but you got to enter for that today. And you, and here's the other thing: if you enter, you got to be willing to do it. I don't know. You, you like enter, and the last moment you go, "Well, I wasn't aware that there was going to be any." No, these are shearing of my uh, Motley Crew. Seriously, my, yeah. So you got to be willing to let Sarah uh, lop off your hair tomorrow, right here on the show. It's but, like go to the barber school. It's exactly like that, Tim. <laughs> Not so much diving school. That's a new barber school. So you got to text the phrase "crew contest" to five two zero five one. You got to do that right now. Five two zero five one. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city of. Effing thing sucks. Effing, we'll do it live. Oh, well, all right, whatever. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. Incidentally, that. That little Bill O'Reilly thing I do there? So yesterday uh, morning, I was in Beaverton. We were taping uh, the, the upcoming episode of Outlook Portland, and Peter Carlin was the guest. And during a, a stop down in the taping, Peter Carlin actually, I think completely w- without the knowledge that I myself had done it a few weeks before, uh, it went into the full Bill O'Reilly meltdown rant. It was awesome. <laughs> That will uh, that will not be on Outlook Portland this coming Sunday. That will be on the uh, that'll be on the CW uh, holiday party reel though. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. We are moments away from Tim Riley at the news desk. Coming up later on, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database. Didn't he? Wasn't he talking about? Uh, here's the thing I got to ask that guy today. Did did he not say? Are we not men? We are Devo. Uh, did he not say a few weeks ago that Winona Ryder was doing some nude scene that she was going to make? She was going to be in some. Comeback role, and part of the comeback role was showing her bosoms, which is which is. I don't remember him saying that. See, and I had somebody else ask me that, and I thought I heard that too. But you know, I might just be hallucinating the whole thing. Um, so, Mr. Skin coming up later on. We'll talk to uh, Jim Roop from Los Angeles, Kelly Clark from the uh, Willamette Week, and uh, in addition to this whole uh, crew cut thing that we're going to be doing tomorrow for front row tickets to Crew Fest, we're going to be giving away the second row seats today. Later on, uh, we'll be doing a different contest for that. So that's uh, later on in today's show. This, however, at the news desk is your personal savior, towering above Portland like a big towering thing. Tim Riley. <laughs> 
In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 543. It's going to be sunny today. Highs near 80. Amanda Stott Smith pleads not guilty to throwing her kids out the Selwood Bridge, drowning one. She's charged with five counts of aggravated murder and two counts of attempted murder. A Lapine teenager in serious condition this morning in Emanuel after being struck by lightning in an open field in his high school parking lot. 14-year-old Austin Melton was quickly treated by paramedics, but his local hospital couldn't offer much help. Wait, can we, I, I'm sorry, I hate to do it. Can we back up for a second and go back to uh, what Amanda, whatever her name is, mm-hmm. Stott, Stott Smith? Yes. She's charged with what? Five counts of aggravated murder. And how, two counts. How that, I knew you were going to ask that. How was that I even possible? Last night, I, okay. If you want to make the charges stick, you go for the fullest extent of the law. Therefore, the penalty will be bigger. Okay. Oh, I, do, do you understand I mean, I guess I understand. I understand that statement, what you just said, but right. I don't understand how with two kids you get five counts of attempted murder. Because you can you can do what is legally permissible. This is legal talk. That is the most that she can get to make these other charges stick. Is Therefore, that, in other words, a, a higher bail and making it not possible for her to get a lower bail to be able to to get away with so it. So is this some sort of a deal where they're like uh where they're simultaneously you know charging her with like first degree and second right. degree and homicide and mm-hmm. manslaughter. So they're basically they're charging her with a whole cluster of things even though when she as goes to trial. As much as the law will permit. So yeah, she'll yeah. really only be tried more than like for the, for the, the, a couple of them, but this is just to jack her bail high enough that she can't uh, she can't get out of jail and lamb it somewhere. Right. All right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. In, in other words, there are always plea bargains involved. So if you set the stakes higher, all right, there's less to bargain in the end. Okay. All right. That okay. That is just I couldn't I couldn't quite wrap my brain around that, but I'm glad you were prepared for that. I'm glad you knew by the way because you because said that I've, I've been to so many murder trials. <laughs> That I know the way it works. Really? Yes. Is that when you're sitting at home waiting for your new copy of Miss Marple's Murder Magazine to arrive? Yes. Where's my new Ellery Queen? Well, I guess I'll go to the courthouse. No, back in the olden days, uh, they would send radio news people out to actually cover trials. Yeah. Well, Jim Roop has talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's one of the last of the old... Well, he's in L.A., of course, where all the great murder trials happen. But you know, he's part of that old guard where they would yeah. just, uh, you know, there'd be some uh, some guy hacks up some roommate with a cleaver and then they, uh, you know, they send you down to sit in the courtroom and, and watch the you guy doing the it. the entire day there. You can spend weeks there the entire day. And that's, I mean, that, that used to, you could actually, there was a time, uh, there was a time in journalism when you could have a whole career of just being a guy sitting in the courtroom watching right. a trial happening and just mm-hmm. taking a nap every now and again. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, it gets very boring day after day. Yeah. All right. Well, in any event, okay. Is Sarah That's and I, had, I know. Sarah and I shared a total like Scooby like <laughs> uh, uh, look at it when you said that. So I'm glad you clarified. Thank you, Tim. No, that was back in the old days. And so then with somebody, and then, so the, the follow-up story was somebody hit by lightning. Yes. Where did that happen? Should I repeat the whole news? Yeah, of- I, and I'm sorry. I apologize. It's just I was so stuck on the five aggravated murder charges, oh. I kind of lost everything after that. So. so if you ever hear that again, you'll right. know. I'll know. Okay. So a teenager st- uh, struck by lightning in serious condition at a manual. It happened in an open field at the high school parking lot. A lot of kids saw it. 14-year-old Austin Melton was treated quickly by paramedics, but the local hospital couldn't offer much. Therefore, he's here now. A little old lady barely missed plunging into the Willamette after having some sort of medical emergency while driving. She crossed over Highway 99E over railroad tracks and then off an embankment. She stopped the car just two feet from the river. Neither she nor her little dog were injured. Clackamas County Parade of Progress. You're getting a brand new dog pound. The old Oregon City Dungeon will be closed. 
These new pampered pooches will move into a brand new 15,000-square-foot building in Oregon 212 in Clackamas. The public grand opening for the new dog pound is June 25th. Excellent. Make a note of it. Well, you're not going to believe this one. But G- Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to sell San Quentin, the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, and the California State Fairgrounds trying to erase a $24 billion budget deficit. Now, a lot of people aren't pleased about this. These are some of the jewels of California. Uh, the governor said he could generate $3 billion for selling seven landmarks and 11 office buildings around the state. Well, to whom would he sell them? Whoever wants to buy them. I mean, who does somebody really have pocket money lying around to be buying vast tracts of California? Well, talk about San Quentin. San Quentin is on 488 picturesque acres in San Francisco Bay. Imagine all the condos you could build there. But they I mean, could bring in $1 billion in today's market. Is San Quentin still operating? Is it still a, a no, functional I prison? I don't think so. Oh, okay. So it's not. That These was, are like state parks. Oh, San Quentin State Park. The Okay, so it's not like a. This isn't like a thing where you'd be buying the prison and all its contents. No, there are no contents left in okay. there. Okay, all right, just checking. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, yeah, it, w- it would be like a lawmaker said, it would be like the British trying to sell London Bridge. And some <clears throat> London Bridge has been sold. It's now in the U.S. at Lake Havasu. <laughs> Did somebody actually say yeah, that? Somebody, a, a politician actually said that. Even I know. Democratic the, State Senator Rod White. And he, up. and he doesn't live that far from Arizona, which is where I believe the London Bridge now resides. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, because L.A. Memorial Coliseum. Is 86 years old. The Olympics were there in 1932 and 84. I mean, it's in the middle of a no man's land. Yeah, yeah. It's next to uh, Cal State. Well, this is well. There was another article today. I saw it was some piece. It was on CNN.com, I think. And they've actually had this. Uh, I think we talked to, to Steve Kastenbaum about this uh, a few weeks back about Rhode Island having this thing where like prostitution is legal. And they were doing an article about it online, about how that they are anticipating, which is this something I predicted about four months ago, that more states are going to start doing things like decriminalizing uh, prostitution or looking at decriminalizing certain uh, kinds of drug uh, sales, just because they figure that whatever you can do to get the money flowing. I mean, because the alternative is for the government to just come in and decide just to. Uh, well, uh, look, I I know you're a big fan of Mount Rushmore, but uh, what we're we're going to sell it to the Chinese. I mean that's that's really it. We just have to start to you know hawking everything underneath us. But yeah, but it's amazing that we choose to sell a Hummer to the Chinese one day before the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. <laughs> well, you know those Hummer grills do come clean with a good hosing, Tim. So you can uh, you can get rid of as many dissidents with those as you like. So Oprah Winfrey will not be number one. Well, is no longer number one on the complete Forbes 2009 Celebrity 100 list of incomes. Sarah, do you know who number one is? Is this the list of income or is this most powerful female celebrities? So uh, apparently it's one of the same. Okay, so this is... Well, Who, see, who's but, made the most over the past year, okay, I guess? But I, I just call so much BS on this. Uh, I, I almost don't want to... I it, almost, it says income, but Oprah is worth a lot... Well, Oprah is worth like 10 times more than Angelina Jolie. Who's That's number who I was one? I think, okay. Yeah, but, how, but how is that even possible? What has Angelina Jolie done in the last year? What is the last movie she was in? Probably some other Lara Croft movie. But see, that's that. But see, well, it says here, I know that's not true because there was a little, a bit of controversy because she is no longer Lara Croft. They've replaced her. She had three movies at the box office: Kung Fu Panda, Wanted, and The Changeling. Well, it's not like Wanted made any money. I went to see. I was one of three people in the theater when I went to see Wanted. So it's. I know that's not like uh, paying the rent for her. So uh, Barack Obama made history as the first sitting president to make the list. He earned over two million dollars during a twelve-month period. So at number one is Angelina Jolie, followed by Oprah, Madonna, Beyonce, and Tiger Woods in the top five. Who's at the very bottom? 
Jennifer Love Hewitt. Wait, was that a powerful women? How come Tiger Woods was on Well, there? I don't understand. Are we talking about the same story? <laughs> yeah, no, isn't that strange? Hold on, let me see. What's here. Tiger Woods do? Yeah, it's like Beyonce, Madonna, Oprah, Tiger Woods. What is that? Then there are other guys on here, so it can't possibly be. I don't think Who we have a firm story? grasp on this. What is the Okay, n- it looks like Metro Traffic. What is the name? What is the name of this list? This is Forbes Celebrity 100 list. Okay, so according it's not, to the story, so it's not women. No. Okay, because that is. Let me see. Because the inclusion of Barack Obama would also raise some questions. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So this is the hundred most powerful or hundred wealthiest. It because says, there's there is I, I'm just there's no way that, that anybody beat Oprah, especially not Angelina no, it is freaking most, Jolie. It is the most powerful list, and that's okay. But that's also not true. That's just wrong. I'm getting but, all but upset that, about this. Somebody's list, opinion, but, though. But it's but but uh, it could be one person's opinion sitting at a desk with a red stapler. Yeah, but it's not like it's uh, but it's not like it's the like it's the Star Mag. It's not like it's in touch or something. It's Forbes for, from whom you yes. would expect better. I yes, mean, Malcolm. I, I agree. Malcolm would not want such uh, such flagrant, uh, you know, inaccuracies to be published under his name, Tim. Mm-hmm. So there is no way that anybody, and I would go so far as to say this: that there is probably no celebrity. In other words, if you're and if you're going to leave out, if you're going to leave out politicians, because they're sort of on a different playing field, like Barack Obama, you know, he's powerful in a different way. But if you're going to talk about showbiz people, there is no showbiz person that. I can come up with in my head who's more powerful than Oprah Winfrey. I can't come up with a single person. Oh, Richard. I mean, not even Steven Spielberg at this point. I can't come up with a single person who has more influence in show business than than Oprah. I mean, not one. Not Madonna, certainly. Uh, not right now. Again, not not a guy like Spielberg. She's a number three, though. Well, she, I mean... I, I, Beyonce. I, I mean, I can see that. But see, Beyonce at number four, I think that's a big lie. Something that, got paid off. But see, the, the, I'd buy that before i buy Angelina Jolie, though. Because Beyonce... Well, Beyonce does a bunch of, like, uh, commercials. And, and well, she, kind of she acts, and she, she has the music herself. thing. She has, yeah, she has her, uh, she has a cosmetics line. She has all that stuff. Whereas Angelina Jolie just acts, and uh, kind of badly and sporadically, I might add. All right, I'm done with this. I'm disregarding this. This list is dead to me. It's completely inaccurate. I won't talk about it again, I promise. Well, no, we're going to talk about Jim Roop in like an hour, so I can be angry about it all over again, but that's just a... That's a thing they're doing. See, you know, too late do I see that I've become a pawn in their game, as Bob Dylan would say. This this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted to to publish this so that some jackass uh, would get on the air and go, I can't believe it. It's wholly inaccurate. Let's talk about it now. Our phone lines are open. Our phone lines are open. We're not talking about it. Don't call about this. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley. We'll do one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up. So we have to talk uh, about Barack Obama praising the Muslims as he is in Cairo. 1796, our second president, John Adams, wrote, The United States has in itself no character of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility of Muslims. I guess he did write that. I'd never heard it before, but somebody did some research and found that. Anyway, uh, Muslims do a a lot of good in this country, says Obama. Since our founding, American Muslims have enriched the United States. They have fought in our wars. They have served in our government. They have stood for civil rights. They have started businesses. They have taught at our universities. They've excelled in our sports arenas. That That last one seems a little odd. That makes me, that's awkward for some reason that I can't quite quantify. Um... So where is he speaking? Where was this at? Cairo, Egypt, All moments right. ago. And so was this part? Was this was this part? I of love a, Muslims tour. <laughs> it's was this part of an overall like with Green Day? Come on, please, uh, come on, just cut us some slack, please, please don't, 
Please, uh, please let's all let's all try to uh, at least have some semblance of uh, of not blowing each other up. Is that is that the thing, right? I guess so. Yeah, we're trying to calm this conflagration that seems to have sprung up uh, inexplicably. I mean, it's costing the a, last couple of years. It's costing us a lot of money to go out and kill them every day. <sighs> well, they are the religion of peace, Tim. So, uh, all right. Well, let's uh, do this. Straight ahead, we have uh, more from Tim Riley. Mr. Skin will be joining us. Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles later on. Kelly Clark uh, from the Willamette Week and uh, so forth. If uh, oh, sorry, I I have a whole I something else I was going to uncork about this Motley Crew contest, but we'll we'll wait. Uh, we come back. It's five zero three two two eight. The Rick Everson Show. Stay there. KUFO Portland. That's exactly right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. And good morning to you. It is uh, Thursday. It's 503-228-4101. You're in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This email says, hey, you guys are wrong. San Quentin Prison is still totally operational, says uh, Ron here. Now we're thinking about the other one. Thinking of San Quentin West. It's 503-228-4101 or 1-800-344-KUFO. You can also text us if you like. It is 520-51. So don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be giving away a pair of front row tickets to Crew Fest 2, which is happening July 28th, Clark County Amphitheater, part of KUFO Summer of Rock. Uh, Tickets are available at Ticketmaster. Uh, com, but we're going to be giving away a front pair tomorrow, part of a uh, Crew Fest prize pack, which is those front row seats and a uh, DVD from the previous year's show and all of that stuff, and which is, uh, I mean, would be several hundred dollars uh, worth of tickets. So uh, rather than just sort of doing like a like a caller ten or you know, like a, hey, we're going to play Motley Crew trivia or something like that, it all kind of works backward from this phrase. That we sort of came up with. We were talking about this yesterday. And we were sitting in the office after the show. And we're like, well, I don't know. How are we going to give away those front row tickets? And I'll just be honest. We couldn't really come up with a way until we, until we framed it in this context. I said, well, what if we were an awful show? What would we do then? An and, awful morning. Sir. And it's like then, but, it's, but then the clouds parted and just this golden, glorious beam of sunshine and inspiration came down. You needn't be a bad morning show. <laughs> Well, that's so they keep telling me. Um, but it was like the light of Jehovah himself shone upon me. And I said, oh, my God, what if we had a crew cut? And then it would like crew cut, C-R-U-E. So here's the deal. You got uh, uh, to text the phrase or email the phrase crew contest or something similar to that. I'm kind of looking at the spellings that are coming in. This one, K-R-E-W. So uh, just uh, text the phrase crew contest uh, to 52051. 52051, or just email that phrase to nibbler uh, at kufo.com. Nibbler, N I B L E R, at kufo.com. Here's the deal we will pick three finalists. You come in tomorrow on the show. We'll talk to the three finalists. Two of them just get the, the regular sort of general admission, you know, less impressive tickets. Still free, but. Less impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will pick one person who will get that whole front row prize package. But the deal is, you got to let Sarah Dillon uh, lop off your hair in the parking lot. And uh, so I'll get the, uh, you know, what do you call it? The, the, the clippers? I'm not going to do it in the studio. It'll be hair everywhere. There's delicate broadcasting equipment so in here. They can hang out with the hobos in back who are drinking their oldie. And Every, we'll, we'll wait for a rainy day. Everybody likes to hang out with the hobos, except for that guy from Theory of a Dead Man. So... Uh, but it will probably do it like here in the back, like on the sort of sidewalk thing, right outside the, the back door here. So you got to be willing to a, you got to be able to come. Uh, to I come. Do it in front of the window so that you could watch it. Yes, yes, I like the way you're thinking. And I'll have Matt Green set up a wireless microphone so that we can get the whole like as it's sort of going through the hair. Do we have that technology available? A microphone? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
But can, can it pick it up through the, <laughs> the window? The best part is that you actually were speaking to me on a microphone right now. <laughs> <laughs> a wireless microphone. I don't know, Rick. However, would you? However, would we broadcast someone's voice? Uh, moving on. So, uh, but you got to be able to be here tomorrow during the show, and you got to be willing to uh, to follow through and let uh, let Sarah. And, and, and we're not going to. Like, don't be a pansy about it, because I don't want to feel guilty about doing it. And that's yeah. Don't yeah. Don't be don't be a pussy. No, be excited. And so and this it, is very short notice. And it's it's not going to. We're not going to give you like a weird patchwork thing or like dye your hair. It's just going to come just going to come clean off. You know, I have to try and crew sculpt a, cut. a crew cut, though, right? Is it too much just to say motley crew cut? It's crew cut probably is better. Just yeah. sort of it, the two, the clean two words there. In any event, uh, so to uh, you know, to, so to put yourself in the uh, in the pot for that, you got to uh, text the phrase "crew contest" at the five two zero five one five two zero five one, or email it to nibbler at kufo dot com, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories on your Thursday morning. A suspicious package closes down several businesses in the thriving metropolis of Sheridan. Lentz residents are rallying against a new baseball stadium. And lots of Boeing jobs went out the window of Washington State. That doesn't help their situation. I didn't think there were Boeing jobs. Oh, is this from the last? This was from the last time, right? There were still Boeing things going on, but not as many as there used to be. What do they pack up? What do they move to? Is it out of the country? Or is it just, okay, but it was somewhere here in the the United States. What was the point of moving to St. Louis? Did they ever say what that was all about? Really? Oh, yeah. That's what they always do it. See, I wouldn't think that it would vary that much from state to state, though. The Midwest, everything's cheaper. Because wouldn't you imagine? I mean, I guess it's not the case. I, it would seem to me, I say with all my vast economic expertise and knowledge, that if because of unions, though, that a Boeing employee in Seattle and a Boeing employee in like St. Louis would be making about the same because it's like the Teamsters or whoever it is. Not necessarily if it's a right to work state. Well, that's true. I guess where you're not where you're not uh, obliged uh, to join a union. Don't forget when they closed out all the factories in New England. And move them to the south. Now, they were union up north. When they moved to the south, they weren't. But they didn't want uh, African Americans being in a union, so they moved all those factories to Asia. Oh, all right. See, it's also, if it's good, unions are communist, Tim. That's why. It's the creeping red menace. All right. So, uh, 503-228-4101. I'm going to quickly uh, go through uh, some of these headlines and just see if you've got these over there in your news pile, Tim, because I'm. The news. Here's the thing. I love the Internet and technology and uh, science and advancement and all kinds of technological innovations. But at a certain point, it just becomes... Do you ever do this when you're prepping for the show? Do you ever get sort of a um, a giddy panic because there's so much unbelievable uh, stuff out there that you realize that you'll never get to all of it, but it fills you with sort of a glorious, overwhelming sense of drowning in great, uh, in great stuff. That's why the show is always the best of the best. That's, we had just the, it is the creme of the... Uh, of the, the days are browsing through Chase's calendar to see what the pilgrims ate in 1642 <laughs> on this date, which amazed the general public having that read to them every day. I just... Sponsored I by Kelsey's Funeral Home. I just got a thing the other day from some some radio prep service that was trying to pitch me an on this day in history bit. On this day in history, brought to you by Postum. And, you know, and it was literally a guy would just sit there and he'd say, and it was on this day in 1951 that flaxen horf, uh, horse hoof soup was first marketed in, you know, and it would, it would be a guy who was just reciting boring anecdotes and dry facts about the community in which you lived or your country. Coming up next, the baby report. Exactly. Um, all right, so do you have, let's see here. Uh, do you have this thing about the uh, the uh, 
the penis pump judge? Remember that judge got busted for using the penis pump under the uh, uh-huh. under that his penis band? pump guy just keeps coming back for more. This is like the fourth time we've done this. That's what the prosecutor said. Not a she, but the prosecutor. No. Anyway, do you have that story? I don't. I don't. Right. I didn't know there was a follow up. Do you whatever this... happened to? Do you the have penis this... pump judge? Do you ever have this? We'll get Michael Ian Black to sit on camera and, and, and reminisce on it. Uh, do you have this thing about the funeral home and sawing off this guy's legs? I don't have that one. No. Where was that from? Put that right there. South, South Carolina. I have a North Carolina story that you don't have. Okay, this that's from South Carolina. All right. It's um, about a daycare center that sells moonshine and guns on the side. <laughs> uh, let's see. I need a baby. Also, uh, I need, I'm fixing to shoot somebody. What do you got in the way of uh, firearms or muskets? All right. Uh, do you have this uh, thing about uh, Britney Spears and why her performance at the uh, VMAs was so bad a year and a half ago or whenever that was? I do have some sound bites from her personal assistant. You remember when she did what was it what was the song she did? It was uh, was it um it wasn't I'm a slave for you. What was the performance she did a couple years ago where she was all kind of bloaty and terrible? I don't remember what the song was now. Oh, Britney Spears? Yeah, what Give was more? It was a gimme more. Uh-huh. I remember she was. It was just legendarily bad. Oh, so yeah. now we've got. Is there she required anymore? I she was all like medicated. Overweight. <laughs> <laughs> and give me more. I don't know. And don't stem on the gravy. Um, I heard the little Debbie cupcake truck overturn. You want to get out there and bring me back a few cases? <laughs> I'm starving. She turns to like Chris. That's that SNL sketch where she's Chris Farley in a wig. Just, um, I'm big boned. Uh, and do you have this thing about Microsoft unveiling a new video game controller? I don't know. All right. Awesome. It's going to be a fantastic day. Still to come, Mr. Skin, Jim Roop from Los Angeles, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, and uh, your chance at uh, Crew Fest tickets, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Here's the Foo Fighters. Weblog, streaming, podcasts, and complete archives of everything. Visit the Rick Emerson Show at KUFO.com. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Sarah just said the greatest thing during the break. said, I'm kind of looking forward to shaving somebody's head tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's good to be enthused about your work, Sarah. I am a little excited. I, I miss Dylan's cut and curl. Have you ever... <laughs> Uh, have you ever uh, uh, have you ever cut anybody's hair other than your sister's? I'm assuming you've cut your sister's hair at some point, yeah, with or without her permission. Hair and I've cut my hair. Really? I didn't think you could cut your own hair. I cut my I cut my own bangs. Did you cut your bangs one time and they went all angly? Oh yeah, totally. When I used to have the blunt like straight across bangs. I remember you coming to work one day and, and you because they kept getting shorter and shorter because I would try to cut them and they'd be exactly. like an kept trying to straighten it out and you're like no 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 maybe I'll just. Hold on, maybe if I cut from the other side, it, don't, and you just, uh, and it, I did that, I've done that before, yeah. really? to a roommate, right at the beginning of the weekend, and it just ruined the whole weekend for me, <laughs> she screamed bloody murder, I told her I had no experience doing that, I don't know, if she wanted to save money, she I'm... called up even strangers from the phone book to tell them when I had done, oh. well the guys at the club seem to like it when I have shorter hair, kind of a pixie thing, Tim, do you mind cutting? Exactly, it, and then I'm stuck at home. My gas gauge is on empty with no money. Everyone I call, please come and get me out of here. For, no, I can't. Th- I'm busy. I'm busy. So I had to put up with all the screaming for the entire weekend. Yeah. I oh. told her I didn't know how to cut it. Oh, awesome. I don't think I've ever cut my own hair because I, do be, I, because I just know. Look, as, as uh, Socrates once said, uh, the smartest man is... <laughs> 
<laughs> he said, no, I'm sorry, I draw the line at pedicure. Um, the, uh... <laughs> I don't think it was Socrates that said I don't cut hair. Uh... He had a plaque in his office. <laughs> <laughs> you will be billed saw... for each portion of an hour. Billing starts at three minutes after. That's what the plaque said at the bottom of the statue. <laughs> Cancellations require 24 hours notice. That was Hippocrates. Uh, we have to stop now. Uh, we're becoming Dennis Miller. So uh, what was I going to say? I don't even know. But I uh, but I kind of know what I don't know, and I know that I cannot cut my own hair. because as Sarah, And look, at Sarah, who's way uh, more skilled at these things than I am, if Sarah can't do it, because it was sort of like you had the the straight across, across blunt cut bangs, and they just kept creeping up and up and up like I the saw, eastern front. I saw a picture of myself from like six years ago, and they were so short. Yeah. I remember that was when they kept being angled, and then I would like. But what is that all like, about? I mean, why why aren't you able? I mean, I understand that you're using like a hand, which is and stuff. Yeah, but okay, but you see, it's not like a cowlick though, because yes, it is. Because look, this side of my hair, see this, this sticks out. No, I understand that. I'm not. Uh, look, I understand that the, the, your hair lays different ways. I mean, a cowlick though is where. I mean, I can understand why your hair is kind of jutting off in some direction. I mean, not like now, but in general. But in terms of just being able to cut straight across, doesn't it seem like that's a thing you ought to be able to do? I mean, I understand. So your, you would think your hand is coming from a certain side, but presumably you've got an advanced uh, brain. I mean, we 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 are an evolved species. It seems like you ought to be able to look, and you've got eyes. And you've got a mirror, and you've got a mirror right there, like like a foot away from you. It seems like you got to be able to cut straight across, but you can't. And here's here's the guy equivalent of that, because again, I would never presume, I would never ever ever try to cut my own hair. I would just, I'd, uh, I'd wear, uh, I'd wear one of those, uh, I'd wear one of those uh, bright pink mesh cowboy hats from the fair to work before I would try to cut my own hair. Um, but you know what guys cannot do is their own sideburns. And guys always think they can. Oh, yeah. I have friends who try to measure them up, and then they turn one side, and one of them's like a full centimeter shorter than the other <laughs> Totally. One. No, and I am I'm completely anal retentive about that. Uh, and, I, and here's the other thing. I'm not going to pretend to be cooler than I am. You know how I, you know how I learned to uh, make my sideburns the same length? Because, see, the, the problem with guys is they always use their ears. Guys will say, no, 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 uh, they're both at the bottom of my earlobe, and uh, they, it's fine. And that doesn't work, because one of your ears is usually slightly higher than the other. Uh, just like everything on the left side of your body is a little bigger than everything on the right side of your body. I learned how to keep my uh, sideburns the same length by watching, yes, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. And that uh, Carson Kressley, uh, dude, he had the whole thing about you put you put a finger under in, underneath each sideburn as though you were sort of... Uh, I don't know, like you were giving yourself, like when people like do that dimple thing, uh, and then you look in the mirror, and your finger should be at the same uh, at the same height. That's exact, and it totally works. But the thing that guys can't do in terms of sideburns is when you shave. Like if you shave every day, and your sideburns are down, like middle the middle of your ear, or something like mine are, and you got to shave around them, and you got to shave underneath them, and you got to sort of keep them in the same you know shape, like you got to keep them squared off. And it doesn't work because when you look in the mirror, your depth perception is completely screwed. And so what happens is after about a week and a half, they're just angled backward in like this weird reverse. They look like a comma. And you can never, ever tell because when you look in the mirror, they just look straight on. And then as soon as the guy turns to the side, and then one is always a lot thicker than the other two. Like one's real thin and one's like nine inches wide. So... All right. Well, in any event, what time is Jesus God? It's six twenty. Tell us about the time you shined your shoes. <laughs> in the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. I thought it was six o'clock. Twenty-six. It's six twenty-six. On straight guy for the straight guy. 
All right, it's serious news here. That bleeding Milwaukee man with a knife who was shot by the cops because he wouldn't drop it actually killed himself by slitting his wrist. And Jesse Weatherford did it while he was walking toward the cops. Wait, I don't. I, I think I must have missed the first part of this story. So though. you walked toward the cops. You're bleeding already. Remember the bleeding man story of the other day? Yes. Okay. Help, help. There's a bleeding man right. running around here. Okay. He's crazy. Yes. At least come and do something about it. We're in Milwaukee, of all places. So the cops arrive. They see the bleeding man there, uh, looking wild-eyed, with a knife in his hand. And they told him to freeze and drop it. He did not. They shot him. But as he was advancing toward them, ah. he had already slashed his wrists, according to the investigators. So there's nothing they could have done. So it was a fait accompli at that point. Right. He was, so even uh, though they shot him, that's not what killed him. That makes sense? So he was kind of hosed one way or the other. But yeah. All right. What can you do? Well, there you go. That's, that's like a belt and suspenders kind of thing. Exactly. A suspicious package outside the bank forced the evacuation of businesses in beautiful downtown Sheridan. Turned out to be a cigarette pack with 800 bucks in cash inside. There was a deposit slip, and police are looking to find the owners. Probably the pack fell out, and he was looking all over for it. Uh, Lentz residents are rallying against the construction of a baseball stadium in their little piece of heaven. The city would use 18 <laughs> of the park's 38 acres to construct this behemoth for the beavers. Residents say it's going to cause all kinds of traffic jams and threaten the tranquility of felony flats. Now, here's this Ronald Reagan story. Anybody see Nancy Reagan in Washington yesterday? No, I try to avoid looking at Nancy Reagan uh, for fear that she's going to suck up my life. Yeah, essence. she's kind of scary looking. Well, anyway, everything about her is scary, even the story, because on both sides of the story, there are ads trying to recruit me for the CIA. Now, sure if I say no, do I get audited? <laughs> yes. I better leave that alone. And probed. So anyway, uh, they dedicated a new statue to Ronald Reagan yesterday. It is life-size, actually taller than life, but seven feet tall. And it's in bronze. And the weird thing about this was I was listening to a telling of the story about a reporter on another station telling it. And she was saying that Nancy was stroking his mane. Uh, now, is, is there horse hair on the statue? His mane. That's that's exactly the wording of the story. She his was mane what? Stroking his mane. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, uh, here's uh, Nancy Ray with a little speech. You know, the last time that I was in this room was for Ronnie's service. So it's nice to be back under happier circumstances. I am cons- you still don't want to mess with her, though. I'm constructed out of crispy chicken skin. If, how is... Just back up for a second. The business of her stroking Ronnie's mane. That's what the story said. Okay. She was stroking his mane. How is that even possible if the statue is seven feet tall? That is a good question. Was she standing on a ladder? Or did I somebody mean, pick her up and give her a boost? I mean, hold on, let me get a cherry picker. Sit on my shoulders, Nancy, and you can reach the top of his head. <laughs> I wasn't there, personally, so I don't know what transpired. Because she's a, she's a small woman. She's she a diminutive. Yeah, she's probably shrinking more. Yeah, she's a diminutive woman, and she's like a thousand years old. And also, mm-hmm. it's a seven. And the idea that it's a seven-foot-tall statue is sort of great, because that is, that's sort of the elevation of Ronald Reagan into even more of a god figure yes. than he already was. Here's the weird thing. If you go to, um, if you tour Utah, and the, you know, there'll be statues of Joseph Smith, who was the, you know, the, the Mormon prophet, the creator of the church and all that. And over the years, statues of Joseph Smith, like with every generation, every time they build a statue, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you go to the statue, if you go to Temple Square, which is right at the the, the heart of Salt Lake City, you walk inside and there's this 
unbelievably realistic statue of Joseph Smith that is, I would say he's about 10 feet tall and looks really angry. Uh, and you look like, a, you feel like a Lilliputian. Uh, like he's about to reach down and just uh, knock you across the room. You ever been to the Reagan Library? I have not. It's incredible. It's on this hillside in Simi Valley, a winding road to the top, like you go into a castle. And the first thing you see when you came, come in is Nancy's alleged station wagon. A red station wagon in mint condition. I don't remember what it was, but it's from the 60s. It's a huge thing. And then you go inside the Ronald Reagan Library, and every time you take a step, every few seconds, somebody plays, Mr. Gorbachev. Tear down this wall. An and you say, loop. I know all about this statement. Don't tell me again. <laughs> Another step. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. <laughs> it's like you're pulling a string on the doll over and over again. Everywhere you <laughs> it's the uh, it's like a Ronald Reagan chatty Kathy. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's an interesting place, but you feel like you're being watched by Dick Cheney. <laughs> if you pull the, drink, the uh, string on the doll later, it just says, make the dragons leave me alone. Let's talk about road rage oh, and boys. Come on, that was. I don't even know what you're talking. about. I don't about. either. That's why I was moving along. The dragons? Ah, uh, never mind that. Yeah, I well, thought you were. Go, well, let them have it. The, so it was. So it was let a silence have... of non-comprehension, not of not of uh, offense taken. No, no we feel. Well, was... we'll, we'll let you have your moment. But we're I was making on. an Alzheimer's joke. Okay. Never mind. All right. Here's... From the old timers joke bag. <laughs> here's, here's Tim Riley. This comes to some Boise, an 18-year-old Boise gal, threw spare change and ranch dressing at another driver, then rammed his car several times with a pickup. This began when a young man driving a Kia called police dispatch reporting he was being followed by a woman in a red GMC Sonoma. The victim said the woman of the pickup had cut him off, yelled obscenities, was throwing coins and ranch dressing at his car. Why would you have both those things within arm's reach? This is Boise. <laughs> He was trying to drive away from the aggressive driver, but she continued to follow him. The dispatcher told the victim to drive to the parking lot of a nearby hospital to meet the cop. When the victim pulled into the parking lot, the driver of the pickup rammed the sedan at least four or five times. When officers uh, caught up with the pair, they found the Kia sedan damaged with numerous dents appeared to be caused by coins thrown from the car. The rear bumper was falling off. The tail lights were falling out. The Kia side and trunk also had spots of salad dressing that were thrown by the driver of the pickup. That's fantastic. The victims of the road rage, uh, road rage visibly shaken upset and were able to speak to officers and describe what happened. The driver of the pickup is Tiffany Wallace. She was also at the scene arrested on suspicion of felony aggravated battery and taken to the Ada County Jail. I like that in her head it was just sort of whatever was, you know, whatever was was within arm's distance of the, from the, uh, for the steering wheel. And she went right for the ranch, which implies that she was just sort of driving around with ranch dressing, like accompanying her for <laughs> no real life. reason. And not in a jar. Like, that's like clearly it wasn't in a container. Well, it's probably a rare delicacy in Boise. <laughs> Don't leave that. Don't leave it at home. It'll be pillaged. You take it with you everywhere you go. Your whole thing about, by the way, going to the, the Ronald Reagan Library. What? First of all, it'll with it'll, like a presidential library. That's the only one I've been to. But that's like a colloquialist. It's not like a regular library. It's just sort of a collection of of papers. Memorabilia. It's a personal museum. It's like a museum. It's like Elvis Arama, right. but with Ronald Reagan. Um, that remind your thing about every five feet playing the it all tear down this wall, which I can totally imagine. Oh, it's everywhere. It's it, it, they don't let you forget until you walk out the door. It's like going outside the car dryer, even at the dryer part. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, please tear down this wall. It reminds me of um, that. Uh, I think it was I think it was us that we talked to somebody who had worked as a waitress at one of those Kenny Rogers roasters place. Are those still in business? Or are they gone? I'm not sure. I, I guess in more chicken-oriented areas, they might still be there. But we talked to a waitress who'd worked at a Kenny Rogers Roasters, and she said that the worst part was 
that all like the big three was like Coward of the County, uh, the Gambler, and Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town or something. Were just it was they had some sort of an algorithm figured out. So about every eight minutes, one of those three songs would play because they figured the average stay of a patron at Rogers Roasters is like twenty five minutes, and they wanted to hear at least one of Kenny's big hits while they were there. And if you were there for half an hour, you'd hear all three. And so she said you'd work there for eight hours, and every eight minutes you would hear one of those songs all day long. Oh, It'd a- be funny if the waitresses were singing "Coward of the County." <laughs> I had to work at Starbucks. Uh, all we had to do, we could only listen to the CD that they were featuring at the time uh-huh. for eight hours at a time. You love Nora Jones. You love over it. And over, yeah, her and like Jonah Osborne. Yeah. Oh, sweet uh, All right. Excellent. Uh, it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up here in just a few moments. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Later on, Jim Root. More news from Tim Riley. Kelly Clark from the Willamette. Double Britney Watch. Geek Watch. Uh, and Motley Crue tickets. This is Smashing Pumpkins. It's tonight, tonight. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you only have other options to kill them. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. Here in a few moments, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database. And I'm going to ask him that Winona Ryder thing. Because it's going to bug me now. I mean, here's the thing. I don't even really care if I see Winona Ryder nude. It doesn't even really matter to me. I think she'd be all pokey. (laughs) I I just don't think she'd be a really pretty naked person. Winona, I like the way that bits of you stick out at odd, jutty angles. Mm. Uh, And also, doesn't it seem like she already has been nude? There was So I'm trying to reconcile these two things. One... That somewhere in my brain, I'm feeling like she already has done a nude scene somewhere. But two, that I swear to God, he said like a week or two ago that she was about to make stage some comeback. And part of the attention getting was going to be nude. But, you know, I might be confusing her with Jennifer Connelly because they kind of have that same. I don't think she's done nudity. And they have that same kind of pronounced eyebrow thing uh, going on. So, all right. uh, Later on, Jim Roop from Los Angeles and uh, Kelly Clark from uh, the Willamette Week. We'll also talk about uh, Crew Fest 2 tickets. So, a couple different things there. Uh, One. Today we got a, uh, a pair of second row tickets to Crew Fest 2, which is happening uh, July 28th, Clark County Amphitheater, part of KUFO's Summer of Rock. You can find out more at KUFO.com or get your tickets at Ticketmaster. Uh, Crew Fest 2 featuring Motley Crew, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, Theory of a Dead Man, and more. So we're going to be giving away second uh, row tickets to that today. Tomorrow uh, will be your chance uh, to win a pair of front row tickets. First row right there in the front, right by the stage, along with the whole uh, prize pack that comes along with that. Uh, front row tickets to Crew Fest 2. So here's the deal. If you want the chance at that, you've got to uh, text the phrase Crew Contest to 52051. 52051, or just email that phrase, uh, Crew Contest, to Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R, uh, at KUFO.com. How are we going to pick them? Well, Sarah, uh, here's what we'll do. is uh, By the end of today's show, we will take all of those entries. And we will pick three. There will be three folks that are randomly selected. And the deal is you've got to be available to come to the studio tomorrow. That's the other part of this. You've got to be willing to come to the studio tomorrow, which is Friday, probably in like the, the latter half of the show. Uh, but you got to be uh, free tomorrow morning. And uh, of the three folks who come in, one uh, lucky contestant uh, will win the front row uh, pack with all of that. But the deal is that you, Sarah Dillon, will be lopping off their hair with a pair of clippers. And it's all just because I want to use the phrase crew cut. I mean, there's really no, I mean, I could say that there's 
some larger goal or there's some more. And I just kind of want to shave somebody's head. <laughs> so see, it's, We're just selfish. It's win, win, win is what it is. Seriously, how would you not I, want to shave someone's head? And I didn't really uh, have time to get like a whole crew cut logo uh, whipped together. So we're all just going to have to be uh, satisfied with the auditory representation of that. So if you were willing to let Sarah Dillon uh, lop off your hair with and a pair of shears cry. tomorrow. Like, please be willing to. Like, I don't want to do anything... That'll make you sad. Yeah, and don't turn into a blubbering mess about it either if it happens. So you got to be uh, ready, willing, and available to come in tomorrow morning. I can't believe we're doing such a lame contest. It's not lame. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, this. here's the thing. Well, we could give away a new GM car, but nobody would care. <laughs> and I have to say, here's the thing. Like, if you look at the face value of those tickets, um, I mean, it's like many, many, especially what with the recession and all, Sarah, uh, I mean, it's like hundreds of dollars worth of tickets. So it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. And they're, and the, and uh, Motley Crue is, for this, for Crew Fest 2, they're playing Dr. Feelgood uh, all the way through, which is fantastic as well. So if you are uh, willing to have Sarah Dillon take a pair of clippers to your hair tomorrow, uh, then you got to text the phrase Crew Contest 52051 or email it to nibbler at KUFO.com, ladies and gentlemen. All that aside, today we got second row tickets. That'll be coming up later on. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 646. It's going to be partly 70 today. High clear 80 again. They won't do it. The Oregon School for the Blind Board of Directors are fighting the state's plan to shut the joint down and sell it. They say the state will be violating an original agreement made with the estate of the original donor who stated that they don't want to keep the place open. It goes back to the family. So the fight is now brewing. Say, how cool is this? A quadriplegic Portlander wants to become the first of his ability to drive a race car over 100 miles an hour. Uh, his name is, uh, let's see, uh, Tom Heagley, I guess. He is set to gun his 68 Pontiac Firebird at PIR later this month. He's been paralyzed with the neck down for 29 years. And he'll use a joystick to control this hot rod with his mouth. That's pretty great. So he... Yeah. Wait, so he's so he's behind the wheel, and then he's got a joystick in his mouth. How would that even work, though? I mean, it's like, I mean, well, I guess if it's going to be, if it's not going to be on the open road, if it's going to be on a closed course, mm-hmm. then he just has it for uh, forward, you know, I guess for for slow down, stop, you know, left, right. I mean, I guess well, he must I, 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 be practicing for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a that's the very definition of a specialized skill, I believe. So one of those uh, slimy baggage handlers is in court. One of the two people implicating connection with thefts at Portland International Airport made her first appearance. A warrant was issued for Bridget Bunnell. She turned herself in. She's been arraigned on uh, theft charges. She's one of two people who worked for Northwest Airlines who were accused of ripping out stuff from people's bags. Uh, the cops say she and handler Jose Romero took more than 200 items from checked luggage. That included everything from laptops to jewelry to clothing. That's why I always carry valuable things with me and never I, leave them in bags. I cannot remember the last time I checked a bag on an airplane. Um, I think it must have been, must have been maybe the last time I went to New York, or uh, it wasn't. No, it wasn't even that actually. It was. Uh, I think when I went to uh, when I went to London, because you know you carrying you bring a bunch of stuff with you, so you have no choice. But uh, it doesn't matter. I will. Uh, I will cram things. I will wrinkle my clothing. I will jam it into a bag uh, until the seams are about to blow. Rather than check it, a because I never check anything, and it's just inconvenient for. I mean, if for no other reason, I just want to be able to when the plane lands, I want to grab my crap and get out of there. Me too. I just want to have everything condensed and know that I can carry everything on my person. Because otherwise, you're just sitting there and you're standing around like a gazelle at a watering hole, waiting for your bag, which is always last, of course, uh, to come out of that uh, shoot at the end, and hoping that some guy inside hasn't been rifling around inside your wife's under things. So anyway, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Well, the police over in Liberty County, Texas, say they're working with the FBI and the FAA in a review of an alleged UFO sighting. Uh, Ken LaFleur of Liberty County Sheriff's tells the uh, Chronicle and some other news people that an expert jet airlines pilot claims to have seen an object, something like a missile, near Houston's George Bush Intercontinental Airport. Is this the first George Bush I would imagine? Yes, they're investigating. Apparently, there was some object flying from a plane. Well, here's the sheriff. At the present time, we're not ruling out any possibilities. Now, several of the local uh, media has reported this as being a model rocket, but right. that has not been confirmed, and we're still looking at it. We met yesterday with the FAA and the FBI, and we consolidated the information that each agency had to try to come up with a consensus of what it may have been. Uh, the FAA started debriefing the pilot uh, yesterday afternoon. We need to get back in touch with the FAA and see what the pilot has to say as far as a final description of this object that he did see coming toward his aircraft. So that's that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Was that interesting? No, yes. Yes. Yes, it was. Never, it was. I have a BlackBerry story that you might like better. Just real, as you were playing it, I found myself being interested in the sound of what appeared to be an oscillating fan in the background. I could hear the sort of in the back. Yes. And I started thinking, is he in an office that's uh, got uh, poor circulation? Sounds like there's a fan. I wonder if it's that kind that has the weird papers on the front like confetti streamers that blow to let you know that the fan's playing. Do they make those anymore? I wonder if it's like a military office. This will interest you more. Police have arrested a woman for allegedly trying to kidnap her daughter's boyfriend and haul him away to Northern California. Uh, two women went to a young man's home and uh, tried to tie him up with duct tape. The victim told authorities the woman said that they were taking him away to get rid of him, uh, well, to stop him from going out with the woman's 21-year-old daughter. They say both women were arrested on suspicion of attempted kidnapping. The cops say uh, that the girlfriends were later arrested for investigation of dissuading a witness and extortion for allegedly trying to get her boyfriend to recant his statements on the kidnapping to authorities. And this is with duct tape? Yeah, duct tape. It does have myriad uses, Tim. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend Mr. Skin himself. Hello, sir. How are you today? Hey, Rick. Doing great. Um, Just right out of the gate here, before we do anything else, I I seem to, I don't know whether you actually said this or whether I just kind of hallucinated it, but did we have a discussion sometime back where you were saying that Winona Ryder was going to be doing some nude scene in an upcoming movie as part of her attempted career resurgence? Well, it wasn't... um... Through me, I don't think it was me and recently that said that, though she was just naked in Sex and Death 101, a movie that came out last year. Oh, well, there you go. That's what spurred it for you. So. Okay, so so it's, yeah, it's all kind of gotten confused in my brain. So that is a movie that I I don't even think I've heard of that. So I must have remembered the fact that she did it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just blanked on the movie. Okay, yeah, the excellent. the fact that Winona Ryder's naked trumps any name of any movie. So. <laughs> excellent. All right, what is, uh, what is going on in the world of nudity, sir? Well, you've seen the advertisements for the uh, Bachelor Party comedy the hangover yes. it's done by the guys that did old school it's set in las vegas and uh there's actually some deboobery amidst all the debauchery in this when uh heather graham actually shows breasts at the 45 minute mark uh, i don't want to ruin the scene but uh it is a, a a topless shot of heather graham and uh anyone who's ever seen her nude in boogie nights or killing me softly knows that oh those golden grams are fantastic so heather graham naked in the hangover that opens in theaters this weekend now, there's another movie 
a big movie hitting theaters starring Will Ferrell called Land of the Lost. It's a PG-13 flick. It's based on the old TV show from the 70s. And they have a real interesting choice for a co-star, a girl named Anna Friel, which I don't think a lot of American moviegoers know uh, or have heard of, but we've been tracking her diligently at MrSkin.com. She's been naked in 10 films. Uh, she's not naked in Land of the Lost, but she's super hot and uh uh, boy, I could roll off a bunch of movies. The Tribe, The War Bride are two great movies to see Anna Friel naked. She's not nude in Land of the Lost, but a lot of guys are going to want to see her that way after they check the movie out. Uh, Land of the Lost opens in theaters this weekend. Now, remember the old uh, movie Roadhouse? Uh, that <laughs> The movie that's so bad it's good from 1989? The legendary Patrick Swayze vehicle. You got it. They're releasing it on Blu-ray this week, and... Uh, uh, you can actually see all that great acting in high definition. But uh, w uh, one of the things about the movie, any any good, bad movie has a great nude scene. And Kelly Lynch uh, has a couple um, during uh, some scenes with uh, Patrick Swayze. So good nudity in Roadhouse that's being released on Blu-ray uh, this week. And finally, just wanted to mention, we're, uh, uh, we just put up a list of the top ten great best or the top ten best wet T-shirt scenes in the history of film. Uh, at MrSkin.com today, and number one on the list is Jacqueline Bissett in the Deep. And uh, if you remember uh, uh, that wet T-shirt scene, what it did was not only was it a great wet T-shirt moment in movie history, but it kind of was the impetus for the uh, all the great uh, wet, you know, the wet T-shirt uh, contest that started happening in the late 70s and 80s on spring break. So uh, we just put that up today. You could check that out, but. Uh, uh, good week for Skin, and uh, I'll talk to you next week, Rick. Excellent. All right, my friend. Thank you. Doing the Lord's work, as always. Our good friend, Mr. Skin, from MrSkin.com. There you go. Fantastic. All right. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up in the next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop reports from Los Angeles. And we also have a pair of second road tickets to Crew Fest 2. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will join us. And more news from Tim Riley. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland! the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Thursday morning. Thank you for joining us. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like. It's 520 520-51. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, what stories are we going to be talking about with the good people of Portland today? Well, President Obama calls out to Muslims. Hey, Muslims. He also has a thing about, uh, well, he's thinking about his daughters dating once they get older. We'll hear about that. Nintendo unveils uh, something new. We'll talk about that. And a dead body has been found floating in the Willamette this morning. Okay. And 40,000 pounds of beef were recalled. Wait, now I'm a... Portland restaurants are going up. <laughs> and the Oregon School for the Blind will stay open for now. Okay, oh, see, good. I was waiting for something good. There you go. I felt like we couldn't stop until we had a list, a, a little bit of an up at the end of that. Look, as long as it's not another body in my drinking water, that's all I care about at this point. I mean, the bar is set so low uh, for water news in this. I mean, really, don't you just sort of take it as an article of faith that the Willamette is, the, the really bodies are the bodies are the least of your concerns, really. I mean, in terms of, I mean, the, how do I put this? Normally, the Willamette is just full of 
body-related items. You know what I mean? Not so much the whole body as it is just things no, they're tangentially related to the body. Lemon is chock full of bodies. Yeah, well, I mean... No, because when I, I had a... Um, I, I knew somebody who killed themselves by jumping off one of the bridges ah. in town. And uh, when they were trying to find his body, uh, the divers could only see like six inches in front of their faces, pulled up five Oh, people. I don't want to know about that. Why five, would you tell Because me I have to live with that every day when I drive over the river. The Thanks port. so much. Five people before they found him. Oh, because they just get that... wedged in the muck. <laughs> Jesus. That, was a, that, that just took a suddenly dark turn. Well, that's just... why we have people like that. Like Sarah? No, like... Place, uh, people who know how to dive and do things like that. Well, that's true. Like Divers Institute. True. It is a growth industry, Tim. Moving forward and onto something entirely different. It's 503. Something happy. Shaving. Head shaving. 228 Yeah, so we'll do that. And I got uh, uh, three small observations uh, to make here. So um, I will there say. There a billion text messages about this. So we got, yes, we got uh, two different uh, things we're going to be doing for Crew Fest. So today we have a pair of second row seats uh, to Crew Fest 2, which is going to be happening July 28th at the Clark County Amphitheater. Details at KUFO.com or go to uh, Ticketmaster. Uh, Crew Fest 2 features Motley Crew, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, Theory of a Dead Man. And the really, really great thing about this. I mean, above and beyond all of the other reasons why it's fantastic, is that Motley Crue is going to be doing Dr. Feelgood all the way through, front to back, like performing the album uh, in its entirety, which I think the first time they've they've ever done it. Because a lot of those tracks, a lot of that stuff off, off Dr. Feelgood, I don't think they've ever played live. I mean, they played the singles uh, live, the stuff that was released to radio, but there's a whole bunch of songs in it that I don't think, you know, that, that never really got performed. So they're going to be doing the whole record. So today we have a pair of second row seats. That's going to be uh, more than likely sometime uh, this hour. We will uh, give those away. Tomorrow, though, is the big deal. Tomorrow, it's a pair of front row seats to Crew Fest 2, part of the whole Crew Fest prize pack, which is a DVD from last year's show and the whole thing. So I so can figure for, out how to make, is a crew cut like a flat top? A crew cut is yeah, it's, I mean, like a, it's like a navy haircut. Well, no, right? it's different than a flat top. A flat top is where it is. Um, a flat top is like really short on the sides, but at the top, it's it's it is a little bit longer, but it's blunted off. It's sort of mm. spiked. It's like a toothbrush. Go back and basically. look at uh, a day called X video. All the guys in there had those crew cuts. Yeah, that's the, you look at. Yeah, you look at kids from the fifties. A, f- uh, a flat top is a little bit where it's again, it's sort of longer on top, but straight up. It is. I, I keep going back to the toothbrush thing, 50s. but it's yeah. sort oh, of Nelson. shorter on the sides. It has the fade on the sides, they say. <laughs> Whereas a crew cut is just. It's like the way you just put like you put the guard on the on the clippers and you set it to like two. And you just do the whole, you do the whole thing. Okay. A crew cut is what you get when you go to the military. I hope the person's hair is long enough where I have to cut it first. And well, then see, I can shave. see, that's the, that's the, there's just some, do you have a hair cutting fetish of some I've kind? I've always wanted to shave somebody's head. Really? Always, of course. It does seem kind of satisfying, Doesn't really, when you, satisfying? when you sort of think about it. Yeah. I hope that it's long so I have to like cut off, like hack off big chunks of it and then like get to do the zzz. Did anybody ever shave your head? Are we having some sort of weird no, role-playing therapy? No, when I was in seventh grade and going to Catholic school, she, uh-huh. I had long hair and then uh, she said she wanted to give me a trim and then she cut it all off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wanted to murder her. I still I'm, want to murder her. Hold on, actually. I'm going <laughs> to... What? I mean, I love all of God's creatures. Crazy. Um, when's the last time you saw that shrink of yours? <laughs> it's been a while. Okay, see her more often. Uh, so... Uh, Let's stop for a second and all just take a moment of zen. Inhale, exhale, unclench. Let's talk more about Teresa. So, uh, Teresa. here's the deal. We're, uh, before we talk about Teresa, here's the deal with Crewfest. So, you got to uh, text the phrase crew contest to 52051. 52051. 
Uh, that's what you got to do. Uh, or you can uh, email that phrase, crew contest, to nibbler at KUFO.com. That is uh, Greg Nibbler. N-I-B-L-E-R. N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Now, you got to be available uh, to come into the show tomorrow. If you get picked, we're going to pick three finalists. you got to be available to be here in the studio tomorrow, Friday, probably uh, between 7.30 and 9. One person will get all of their uh, hair shaved off by Sarah, but in exchange for that, you will get a pair of front row tickets to Crew Fest 2, which are, uh, I mean, which are big tickets. I mean, these are pricey. So you get a pair of front row tickets to Crew Fest 2. Uh, as well as the whole uh, prize pack. Uh, the other uh, two finalists will get uh, some general admission uh, tickets free. And Less impressive. Back. And hair grows back. But you know what? Memories are forever. Memories stay forever. Uh, so if you want to be part of that, and here's the thing, and don't, and, and let me just be very uh, crystal clear on this. As the guy says in Dead Poet Society, let me urge you now not to test me on this point. D- don't be like uh, texting in or emailing if you're going to back out uh, like a sissy at the end. So if you're not willing to go through with this, uh, you just spare everybody the time, trouble, and righteous indignation, uh, and just uh, you know, just uh, sort of hang back for the next contest. You feel like you're going to be part of this is you got to be willing to go the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So whoever is the winner uh, will go into the parking lot, which is right out here, the sort of sidewalk area I don't outside think they the have studio. To be gosh darn enthusiastic about it too. And here's the and let me just also say this: let's just uh, speak together as men, shall we? Just as honorable uh, people. Don't do this if you've already got, like, a crew cut, because then you're violating, I believe, the spirit of the contest. Let's just all agree on that point here. And then if you do that, we're just going to have to get a straight razor out, and I don't think you want that. Sarah will be drinking all morning beforehand, so... Right, I'll, just, I'll just shave their arms or something. <laughs> like we'll, yeah, we'll start... We'll if just, you already have a crew cut, that body hair is going. Don't make us spin a wheel of shave, friend, because we'll do it. Oh, God. Uh, so if you want to be part of this, you got to text a crew contest to 52051. you got to email it to nibbler at KUFO.com. Let's talk about your good friend, Teresa. So you were... How old is seventh grade? Seventh grade. It was when I was going to Catholic school in Seattle. Okay, so you're going to Catholic school in Seattle. Where did this happen? Uh, this happened at Teresa's house. Okay, you were, was Teresa oh, friends at the I time? No, but see, here's the thing. I can. It makes me sad. Maybe this will. I think this might go a long way toward explaining why you want to shave somebody's head. So, you, was she a friend of yours? So you thought she was kind of like a friend of me. Uh, see, that's a. You know, can I, I'm going to make a note about that. We're like. Uh, I, I. I mean, is that that's a thing where you have a, a tumultuous relationship? Yes. Okay. You guys are friends, but you don't really necessarily like each other. Is that sort of like, is a frenemy like a platonic version of like a, uh, a sort of churny, choppy romance? Yes. You know, sort of a, uh, you don't really like each other, but you kind of... But you have to kind of stay together. You kind of hump it out, and but then you don't really, but you don't really like the person. Mm-hmm. But you're sort of with them. All right, okay. So... So you, she's a friend slash enemy. You're over at her house. You're in seventh grade. And now... She said, oh, hey, I'm a... I'm, Yes. How was she? Was she the same age? Yes. Where did the hair cutting idea come from? She said that she could give my hair a trim. Well, how, was your hair long? Yes. How long was it? It was about. I don't so know, like my shoulder. So that's like about a third of the way down your back. That's like your shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she said, was her justification that you had that it looked bad somehow? No, she's just like, oh, let me trim your hair. I'm really good at cutting hair, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like naive, and plus I was new, and because I was oh, that's right, kid. you were because you were the and military so I'm like, kid. Oh, somebody wants to be my friend. And cut off all my hair. <laughs> and they want to get together and vote me prom queen. Um, <laughs> and she's oh, having a new kid in town. Seriously. This is sadder than I remember. Oh, this is like the this is like the, the second act of the film where like as you leave uh, as you leave the room uh with uh, uh what was her name? Teresa. With Teresa, as you leave the room, your um your your uh, mom and dad look at each other and go, Well, John, I think Sarah might actually be okay after all. <laughs> 
And then you like cut to it, you know, the next morning when you're just, you know. Oh, whatever. it was awful, and I was so upset. And then, um, well, no, 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 we're no, we're no, not. I, I mean, in the movie, we're cutting to this morning. Now we're going moment by moment. So you're at Teresa's house. She says, "Let me trim your hair," and you say, "Okay." Yes. What then happened? Uh, she started trimming. She's like, "Oh, it's uneven." Wait, are we? No, hold on. Are we talking? You're going way too fast. Are we talking scissors? Scissors. Okay, yeah. so not like clippers. I don't really have. I've, I've kind of blocked most of it. I don't really have the clearest memory of it. Well, that's why we're here, Sarah. So I want you to put yourself back. Okay. No, no, she's taking scissors and doing the thing that we were talking about earlier. Where like, she, the, she is your bangs it. or the back? The back. All right. Yeah. Clip, 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 and she'd be like, "Oh, it's uneven. I'll cl- I'll clip it more. I'll clip it more." And before I knew it, it was like super short. And not not you, super short, like boy short, but super short, like. Are you talking like chin length, like a like a like a page boy almost? No, shorter than that. Wow, really? Yeah. Are you uh-huh. talking like uh like earlobe short? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, that's she, like hold on. That's. Yeah, she took a big chunk. That's like eight inches of hair. Uh-huh. And did she do it little bit by bit? Do you think she was actually, though, trying to do a good job? I think... But I she think kept she was... screwing up. She's like, I gotta cut it all again and See, start that's over. that's what I've always wondered. I'm like, was she just that evil? Or did she, like, actually think I looked good with short hair? Because I did... And then I got it fixed, and it eventually looked kind of cute. But I remember waking up the next day, touching my head, being like, that was a dream. That was a dream. That was a dream. And touching the back oh. of my head, like, no! I see. I've seen pictures of you with shortish hair. That picture of you with Billy Joe Armstrong. You have short hair there, right? Yeah, I had short hair for a while. So you know, I mean, yeah, you look good with short hair. But I, but that's. But I wasn't prepared for short hair. I was going to say, but that's the thing where you went in and you said, "Give me short hair, please," yes. as opposed to like, "Hold on, let me just." Hey, wait a minute! And you just, you know, and I'm picturing you like, I'm picturing you sort of chemo style, where you reach back and you bring your hand forward, and it's just a clump of hair I, in your. In your I hand. remember. I don't. My I don't have the, like the best memory, but I remember waking up in seventh grade. In the bed in the house that I lived in there, and I remember what like feeling the back of my hair and thinking it was a dream, and then it wasn't. It was a dream, and being so upset. Wow. And then had to go to school, and I felt like a boy, and it's just, and I was already so awkward anyway because I was new. And then like, yeah, that new girl's weird. You know, she chopped up all her hair for no reason too. Did you ever? I mean, did you ask her? Did you be like, hey, what is up with? I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh well, I think I remember her saying that like, oh, it's already you know sure enough. Anyway, like maybe I'll just. You know, angle it. For you. <laughs> Even it out a bit for you. Hold on a second. I'm just fine tuning, Sarah. I don't think things turned out too well for her in life, though. Did you? But did you ever ask her after the fact, like, "Hey, wh- why did you? Why did you do that? Why?" See, I think she's told me that she was trying to fix it. Oh, I see. And so, did did you spend much time with Teresa after that? No. <laughs> you opted. She went on the. Uh, she went on the ignore list. She was evil. I was wondering why nobody really liked her, and <laughs> now I know. Now you know. Did things? You did. Uh, did she end up? Uh... I'm sure she ended up as a uh, as a successful person in wherever the hell this I was. I saw her once in Seattle when I was in college, um, and yeah, she looked like she she doubled in size. <laughs> She'd had a. Uh, it had she been was a, just kind of a, a mean person anyway. It had been a long hard road further into hell for Teresa. Excellent, well done, Teresa. Did she cut anybody else's years. hair? I don't think so. So like some Edwina scissorhands. <laughs> So, uh, in any event, if you'd like to be part of Sarah's ongoing therapy by having your head shaved tomorrow, this is all coming into such stark relief for me now. Uh, you text Maybe the I phrase. Could do the exact same haircut that Teresa did to me first, and then shave their head. What? That would be perfect. Is it wrong that I find this kind of strangely hot? I uh, I just <laughs> yes, because it's me. All right. Well, no, but I mean in the abstract. I'm just saying. Uh, it's the, five two because, oh. Yeah, girls with mental problems are always kind That's, of attractive to you. I, uh, look, here's the thing, Sarah. I'm trying to act as the proxy for the male demographic of the audience because they're all thinking the same thing. I didn't really realize. I, I think you're right. I think it might be therapeutic for me. Well, there you go. I didn't realize how difficult it would be to tell. Well, if it's a guy that wins, we can put him in a dress if that'll make you feel better. Color me there. It's 52051 if you want to text that. It's a crew contest to 520 
1-800-529-5151. Straight ahead, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles and uh, Tim Riley will be back with the news in mere moments. This, however, is the Ramones, one of the greatest bands in the history of God's green earth, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Weblog, streaming, podcasts, and complete archives of everything. Visit the Rick Emerson Show at KUFO.com. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO on Thursday morning. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now. From Los Angeles, California, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop from L.A., where there is a bit of uh, breaking uh, news. Hello, Jim Roop. How are you today? I am very well. Good morning to you. All right. Uh, Tim Riley, do we have uh, uh, the uh, the breaking news story there? Do we have the uh, the headline? I think it just came over a couple minutes ago. Actor David Carradine is dead at the age of 73. He was found dead in his Bangkok hotel room, not according to his manager. He was uh, shooting a movie there. And so this is how old was he? He was 73. All right. And so this uh, this is just sort of coming out uh, now, right? This is just sort of uh, just coming over the wire. But he was, uh, of course, best known as being Kane in Kung Fu. Um, you know, for uh, and then he was in Kill Bill. That's what I was telling Sarah when we, he came over. Uh, when he came over the wire, that David Carradine had died. He is the, he is uh, Uma Thurman's ex in Kill Bill, and then between Kung Fu and Kill Bill, did you know a whole a whole passel of stuff. But those are kind of the two roles he's most uh, most famous for. Jim, do we know uh, sort of anything about this beyond what? There's some rumors floating around, unconfirmed, that it was suicide. Um, but uh, we're still trying to work on that. That that has that is being the rumor, anyway. And we're not really sure. And so he was in Bangkok, and he was he was filming um, a, a movie. Although I'm looking here, and it's, I can't doesn't it doesn't say much about it. Again, it's a sort of adventure. Now, nothing on his website either. Um, there's nothing on his website, so uh, uh, about his death. I, I will say this: having gone to Wikipedia, well, TMZ is quoting reports saying David Carradine was found quote hanged in his luxury hotel room and is believed to have committed suicide, unquote. Yeah. Wow. All right. So um, anyway, well, so more details on that sort of as they uh, as they unfold. Uh, actor uh, David Carradine uh, found dead in uh, in his Bangkok hotel room. So, well, good God almighty. Oh, what right. a bummer, huh? Yeah, seriously. And I was just I was actually just going to say I was looking at his Wikipedia page because it's always sort of fascinating to me to see the speed at which those things are updated to see how quickly somebody gets online and they immediately start adding, you know, the the correct information. Or in the case of the uh, in the case of the Anna Nicole Smith death, adding the fact that she left her estate to Rick Emerson, which someone apparently added. I have a screen capture of that at home, by the way. So thank you to whoever. Not that I advocate uh, Wikipedia vandalism. He did have a movie in production entitled Portland. Is that true? Yeah. So I don't know if this has anything to do with that. So checking his Wikipedia uh, entry uh, right here, he does. He, this is he. This was taken. Um, Three years ago, so he would have been 69 years of age. Still looked like a badass, though. I mean, just—I mean, just looked like a guy who probably didn't take a lot of guff from uh, from anybody. So, all right. Well, I, I well, sort of things are going a little uh, a little uh, crazy on us then. But um, I, I'll uh, yes. Learn how you can save some what? money. Hello. Something. Okay. I'm sorry. There's people audio there. So. Um, so we were going to talk about this sort of uh, this Hollywood uh, powerful celebrity list, which is sort of being overshadowed by this at the moment. But I will just ask you really quickly: Forbes put out this list of the hundred most powerful uh, celebrities, and th- the idea that somehow Oprah would not be number one and that she gets kicked off by of all people Angelina Jolie just makes no sense. And we spent about ten minutes this morning trying to figure out how they would have come to that conclusion, and I was never able to figure it out. Well, there's two 
big factors. It's not just the money that they make, because Jolie only made 10% of the money that Oprah Winfrey made. It's also media exposure, and there hasn't, there's not a day that goes by that um, Jolie is not on a tabloid or a regular magazine or someone's talking about her philanthropy or her relationship with Brad Pitt or her kids. So the amount of media exposure makes her more famous than Oprah Winfrey at this point. So for right now, if you take a look at the power, the brand, then Angelina Jolie has a stronger brand than Oprah Winfrey, which is why she's at the top. And she also explains why people like Matt Damon, who made the list last year, is in the middle of the list somewhere, but he's not on the list at all this year. It's because he's in between projects. So media exposure, if he had a, a born identity or uh, one of those born movies out, he probably would still be on that list. And it does seem, okay, and you know, and you just touched on something. So Angelina Jolie is probably, in a global sense, I mean, Oprah's certainly known around the world, but it seems like because American movies are, such, as I always say, you know, the, uh, other countries export electronics and textiles and cars, and we really only export culture uh, and pop culture most of the time. And movies are a huge, huge component of that, actually much more so than television in a lot of ways. And Angelina Jolie, therefore, would be known probably in the, just the, the, the furthest reaches of the world uh, to a greater degree than Oprah Winfrey in many, many ways. Yeah, so. but, you know, people were, you know, I, I got some reacts about this list because, according to Forbes magazine, the list is important. So we know who the powerful people are in Hollywood because we're, they're marketed to us, and so we consume based on that marketing. And I ask people, no, I don't care, no, I don't care, no, I don't care. But when I ask specifics about it, they say, you know, they say, look, I don't care. You know, fame is very intangible. And Oprah Winfrey has all this money. So as far as people are concerned, she's still at the top of the list because money is power. And if she has $275 million compared to $27 million, guess who gets more? Well, that was our thing today uh, when, when the story first came out and it said that Forbes had, had said it was Angelina Jolie. Uh, instead of Oprah Winfrey, I said that I said that I could not think of. I mean, celebrity is sort of a strange term because you know that includes people like Barack Obama, who's you know powerful in a much different way. But if you're just talking show business, I can't think of a single person. I mean, you know, leaving aside like studio heads or whoever, in terms of celebrities and showbiz celebrities, I can't think of a single person who is more powerful uh, than Oprah Winfrey. I mean, not you know, not Madonna at this point. Probably not. I mean, you could say a guy like Steven Spielberg, but I mean, she's uh, she's unmatched. I mean, she really is. She is a, a force of nature. That woman. Do you think Angelina Jolie could knock on the White House door and get in? No, no. but no. Oprah Winfrey no, I, can. Yeah, no, it's uh, she yeah. can just show up on un, un, you know unannounced. She probably has Obama's cell phone number, so she could probably say, "Hey, I'm in town. Let's have lunch." Jolie can't do that. So it, it's a very strange combination, or it's a very strange formula that they use uh, to for Forbes magazine anyway. Uh, I, it's, you know, I mean, Donald Trump's number 22. And and just, I got a, a text message just now. Uh, it says, and this really sums it all up. This text just says, um, Oprah got a guy elected freaking president. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Nothing new here, Rick. Back to you. And uh, real quickly, just to sort of recap here. So actor David Carradine has been found uh, dead in his room at the uh, uh, Park Night Alert Hotel in Bangkok. And it says here, Initial police investigation indicates that he had hanged himself. The 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 voice of opposition to that, the the, per, the person disputing that, is his manager. Uh, so take that Apparently for, for what it's his, worth. Apparently, his uh, body was found by the maid and, and the son. Whether or not you can believe them or not, said he was found hanging in his Bangkok hotel, according to the cops. So uh, so there you go. All right. On that note, my friend, uh, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon, Jim. Okay, boss. Uh, there you go, Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen, in Los Angeles. Um, 
Well, okay, so there's that that happened. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what other stories are we tracking today on this Thursday? Well, a popular restaurant downtown is closing. In the meantime, Portland's making it miserable for people wanting to conduct business here by going up in all these licensing rates to have outdoor dining. And they're trying to they're trying to mask that, by the way. The scam that they're pulling is by saying that people are demanding this because you're not able to walk down a sidewalk because the restaurant is just too busy because restaurants are overflowing with business these days because everybody's got so much disposable income. They're trying. This is the lie that they are foisting here. They are claiming that it's because... Citizens are complaining they can't walk down the street like downtown because the restaurant business is so intense and overflowing that people are sitting out on the sidewalk eating, so they want the restaurant to pay for it, as opposed to just like a shallow money grab on the behalf of the city, which is what it clearly is. I mean, it's terrible that people are patronizing businesses here. What can we do about that? Always make it harder to conduct your uh, financial affairs if you're a business. Does Brittany want concert tickets, too? We'll discuss why she shaved her head. Excellent segue, Tim. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentle persons. It's 503-228-4101. You can also text us at 52051, or you can email us. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in standard definition. If you don't have a place where you can hold these people, you only have other options to kill them. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO Thursday morning. Coming up here in mere moments, Tim Riley at the news desk. Kelly Clark from Willamette. We're going to be here uh, next hour and sometime before the end of today's show. We'll have a second pair. Uh, I'm sorry, a pair of second row seats uh, to Crew Fest 2, which is coming up July 28th. A pair of second row seats to Crew Fest 2, uh, featuring Motley Crew, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, Theory of a Dead Man, uh, and more. Find out more at KUFO.com. Uh, you can get your tickets at Ticketmaster uh, as well. It's 503 228 4101 at the news desk. This is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. It's 743. We do have a chance of a thunderstorm today. High temperatures near 80. This update. Oh, wait. So is this our, are we going to, let's just do this as a snuff watch then. Here's your snuff watch for Thursday. One night in Bangkok, David Carradine did not show up for dinner. That was last night. Today, he's found dead in a closet in his luxury hotel room in Bangkok, and apparently he hanged himself. Carradine did not show up for dinner last night in Bangkok, and the team couldn't reach him. They assume he took a rest due to his age. It was a hotel maid who opened up his suite this morning, only to find Carradine in a closet. It was described as half-naked. Police investigation showed that he hung himself with a rope. The kind used to tie back curtains. Police said he was dead for not less than 12 hours and found no sign of fighting and assault. His personal manager, Chuck Binder, says it's shocking, saying he was always full of life. Except there at the very end. Except for the very end. He was in the part two of uh, Kill Bill in 2003 and 2004, probably best known for all you 70s kids for the TV drama Kung Fu. He also uh, was starring in Boxcar Bertha in 1972, Bound for Glory in 76, 
And uh, he and his half-brothers, Keith and Robert, in the 1980 Western, The Long Riders. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, file under, I love Wikipedia. I'm looking here at, at, at I, I'm afraid to refresh the page because if I do, it's going to be gone. So I've done like a little screen capture so I can save this. I have a whole file of amusing Wikipedia uh, updates, uh, things that I've sort of captured and downloaded before they've had a chance to be reverted by the editor. Under death, and I'm looking here at the David Carradine page on Wikipedia. Cause of death was a ninja assassination in the middle of the night. Carradine was unable to fend off the attack because his buddy Chuck Norris was passed out drunk. So I guess that's go. the way he would have wanted it. That's, see, but that's, don't you think that's how you want to go out? Yes. That's exactly That's how one... Look, let's be... That's better than going out Ray Combs style. I mean, let's just... Uh, let's be honest about that. So there you go. More information on that uh, as it comes. There's your snuff watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Yep, refresh, already gone. All right, glad I captured that one I did. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Meanwhile, a dead female body was found floating in the Willamette at 5.15 this morning. The grim discovery made by a Coast Guard vessel on patrol for the Rose Festival. This happened near the Fremont Bridge. Attention, carnivores. 40,000 pounds of ground beef from a Portland metery have been recalled. These are in 5- and 10-pound sacks. A metery. They come from S&P provisions. Sold in Oregon and Washington. They could be contaminated with the coli, but... Doubtful. Calling it a meter, that's like that time that it's like that time that Jen Lane was referring to her uh, to the fuel gauge in her car as being her gasometer, which you can't really find fault with. It's an interesting way of putting it, but uh, I don't know that I can really uh, that I can dispute it. All you downtown eaters are going to be disappointed to know that McCormick and Schmicks is closing down its original Old Town restaurant after 30 years there. The max tracks at the front door did hurt foot traffic. Its 30 employees will be located to other locations in the area. And just to discourage business, Portland has a way of pushing people to the suburbs. Fees for Portland restaurants wanting sidewalk dining are going up, way up. Now, the current fee is 10 bucks, more than reasonable. So now the city wants to discourage people from doing business and you from enjoying yourself by hiking up the new city fees to $150 just for the application. This is just to get started. $150 for the application to sit outside. $4.50 per linear foot don't ask me who the linear foot police are who are going to investigate this. And then there's an annual fee of $75 and then another $1.50 per linear foot. Talk about making it impossible to do business. I have no idea how this even... You have to, uh, the linear foot police are going to be able to uh, measure your area. I can't... I, I, don't want, I don't want anybody measuring... Uh, there's a linear foot... That, I don't even know where to go. I was going to say I don't want anybody I measuring my... A linear foot fetish. <laughs> you have to stop. Now there's three different jokes I'm juggling. I was going to say, I don't want anybody measuring my area. And then I wanted to make a joke about linear foot. Da, 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 da. And then I was going to say something about square foot. And then he went all the way to linear uh, foot fetish. So uh, we have, uh, Tim, I think we have an update coming in um, about the uh, about the, the David Carradine thing. So He's alive? Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. Wait, let me check. No, no. So we'll uh, we'll have that here in just one moment. Uh, don't forget, we have Kelly Clark from uh, the Willamette Week who's going to be uh, joining us here in just a bit. And sometime before the end of the show, we're going to be giving away a, a pair of second-row seats uh, to Crew Fest 2, ladies and gentlemen. Now we pay another visit to the news desk with Tim Riley for this update. The body of Carradine, Keith Carradine, discovered by a maid early this morning. He was in the Thai capital of Bangkok to shoot, uh, shoot Stretch, his latest film. A spokesman for the U.S. Embassy confirmed that Carradine had died early or late Wednesday. 
Couldn't provide many details, but we have some more. So this is uh, David Carradine, star of Kung Fu, and uh, later on, of course, of, of Kill Bill fame. Mm-hmm. Well, Thai police have told the BBC the 72-year-old was found by a hotel maid sitting in a wardrobe with a rope around his neck and his genitals. The Bangkok newspaper The Nation cites unidentified police sources saying Carradine was believed to have committed suicide and hanged himself with a curtain cord in the suite at the Park Nay Alert Hotel. Which is sort of odd. I mean... He was sitting in the closet? Is that what it said? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's odd because... strange. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole lot there that doesn't... I mean, I think that instinctively, I wonder... I, I think instinctively, I disbelieve that. I know. Neck and genital. I mean, it's, how could you do both? I'd, well, you ask Richard Quest. Um, that's what I was the, thinking. <laughs> and I've got a vibrator in my shoe. Or whatever. That really doesn't even sound like Richard Quest. That was just me screaming just there. That wasn't even really an accent. Um, right across his posterior. Wait a minute. That actually was kind of like Richard Quest. Well done, Rick Emerson. Well, I thank you. But, so, I mean, hang himself while shooting a movie called Stretch. <laughs> the, but, but see, I'm I'll not even... light of the situation. I, uh, well, Tim, uh, life is for the living, and so is laughter. So what, here, but I, here's what I don't get. So they're saying he committed suicide, but maybe this is a language uh, thing because if this is, if we're getting this from from Bangkok news sources. Maybe something's being lost in the translation because suicide sounds you know intentional. They, that makes it sad as opposed to death by misadventure, which is like the Michael Hutchins. Suicide uh, is painful. Yes, the um, right because if you're sitting in a closet, I'm trying to it, are you reconcile like Michael Hutchins kind of thing. Yeah, I mean I'm trying to reconcile the fact that okay, sitting in a closet as opposed to like just in the room. And then uh, rope around the neck and then allegedly rope around the uh, the store down there, around the business. But then the fact that they say suicide as opposed to simply calling it strangulation, which is sort of a neutral term. Like you just say, like, you know, the cause of death was strangulation or asphyxiation or whatever. And suicide makes it sound like he's just like, well, uh, well, life sucks and, you know, and then gone. Uh, whereas, like, the Hutchins thing was clearly that was some sort of a – that was sort of some a home pleasure kit uh, that he didn't read the instructions for, like, all the way well, through. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So it's all very weird. All right. So if you uh, just joined us, actor David uh, Carradine found uh, dead and in a wardrobe, which is – and a wardrobe is like – it's like a wa- – weird. But it would have been like a – almost like a walk-in closet, you think yeah. it would almost have to be, or like a – like an armoire of some kind, but the, the, the kind of the kind I'm of the, not familiar with Thai interior decorating. No. I can tell you offhand. Well, all right. So there you go. So more details on that as they uh, as they sort of uh, unfold. Let's do one more here, and then we'll take a break. Come back with Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Well, from Phoenix comes word a light rail train was taken out of, out of service after somebody left a nasty surprise inside. At around 8 a.m., the train was stopped for cleaning after a man smudged feces in the interior of the train. Uh. Uh, eyewitnesses say he was uh, playing with it. So they, they they sent out reporters to interview people on the train because they have all this manpower to spare. And what they would do if they saw a man playing with feces. I would move the chain to another seat. Just run off the light rail. I don't even care if it was moving. I would um, obviously move from the area um, of the feces and um, make sure I tell the correct um, authorities about the situation. Always sage advice. Really, we is that the sort of thing? field team <laughs> I mean, that... to interview people on the poop train. <laughs> That's our top story in Phoenix. <laughs> Everybody on board the poop train. Snap them uh, the poop uh, deck. Uh, the, uh, is that the sort of thing that people really need to be told? Is, uh, Apparently uh, so. Somebody sent these reporters out. I would think that just evolutionarily speaking, that would... Uh, 
that's just a, that's a that's an instinctive behavior, I would think. But I'm glad that that guy was sort of on the scene to be able to convey that information to well, everybody else. At, at some point today, they're going to release the surveillance video of this. Oh, that's great. And that's people wonderful. just won't be able to get enough of it. Is that so I can uh, actually see the people, quote, moving away from the feces? Yes. All right. As people should do in that situation. Can you play that sound clip one more time? If you really want it. Yes. Yes, right. I do. I wouldn't move and change to another seat. Just run off the light rail. I don't even care if it was moving. I would um, obviously move from the area um, of the feces and um, make sure I tell the <laughs> correct um, authorities about the situation. Who are the correct authorities to tell about that? I, it, I mean... I don't really know what section of the phone book that's that's not on those well, blue there, pages there, that are right in the beginning. There's a separate patch on the sleeve of the man's <laughs> coat if he belongs to the poop patrol. Uh, okay. They're going to be copycats now. You're listening to the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week joining us next. And sometime before the end of the show, we have a pair of uh, second-row tickets to Crew Fest 2. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Here's Collective Soul. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO on Thursday morning, and good morning to you. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, ladies and gentlemen. And mother, you know what I just noticed? I've had my shirt on inside out all morning. I just fixed it just now. I'd like to thank everybody here in the room for not mentioning that to me for the it's last. It's kind of a weird shirt. I don't think I would be able to tell. I guess here's the only reason I was actually able to figure it out, is because uh, I was uh, in the uh, in the men's room and so I was uh, I was staring at myself lovingly in the mirror as I often do. But I noticed that on the sleeve the stitching seemed really prominent, and I thought that's odd. Why would they design that shirt that way? Oh my God, it's inside out. And then I realized that I've been walking around in an inside out shirt for like there four are like hours. Two people Who here knew? In the morning. No, not even. I did, clearly, no one. And that, no one includes myself, so there you go. I mean, no one expects you to be a fashion template. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. So really, the relative expectations are set so low that I can't help but exceed them. Well, no, you have other priorities. Mm-hmm. Like talking. Okay. Rick isn't so much with the dressing. He's on the what's speechifying type of thing. What? There's nothing wrong with that. It was $3. What do you mean, what's going on with it? What's going on with it is that it was, it was inexpensive, but it fits me. It looked uh, like it fell into a vat of Clorox. It was it, supposed to be something else at one time. It's I don't know. It's weird. You know what it looks like? like? Backstreet Boise. I would really. I was like, actually gonna say that. I realize we're now describing something again on the radio, but this shirt map of Germany with the skull and bones in the middle. It sort of looks like the opening credits of the movie Seven. You know what I mean? It's like one of John Doe's journals, uh, but then as a shirt. Are you taking a photo of me? All right, hold on a second. Let me just. Uh, all right, standing still. There we go. Are you going to post yes. that on the Twitter? Yes. Uh, <laughs> you look crazy. Thanks so much. That's great. Be sure you put that everywhere. I'm going to put it. I'm going to send it to my Facebook right now. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Show. So in just one moment, we will uh, see what Tim uh, Riley is following headline-wise. Of course, actor uh, David Carradine found that in his Bangkok hotel room. We'll have the latest on that. We'll talk to Kelly Clark in a second. Uh, we're going to take caller number 10 at this juncture. Uh, if you're shot at a pair of second-row seats for Crew Fest 2, which is happening uh, July 28th, Clark County Amphitheater, you can find that more at KUFO.com or you can get your tickets at Ticketmaster. 
Uh, Crew Fest 2 features Motley Crew, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, Theory of a Dead Man, and Charm City Devils, among uh, other uh, entertainments and amusements. It's 503-228-4101. We'll take caller 10 for your shot at that. And we're going to do something um, a little bit different today. So as the week has gone on, we've sort of ramped up what it is you have to do uh, to win these. And we've, uh, like yesterday, we had um, we had You Can't Say Uh, which, at which, by the way, everybody failed spectacularly. That was where you had to speak for 60 seconds about a topic of Sarah and I's uh, choosing, but you couldn't say uh. And everybody just sort of snuffed it right out of the gate on that. Uh, so today, because it's Motley Crue and Godsmack, uh, we're going to give you your choice. Uh, we will give you your opportunity to play Superfan, or you can play Godsmacked. Uh, the first being answering a difficult trivia question about one of the bands. The second being Bible trivia. So that'll be your choice. We'll take caller number 10 for that here in just a moment. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this Thursday? Actor David Carradine found dead in his luxury Bangkok hotel room with a noose tied around his neck and genitals. Among his most recent roles is one that won't be seen. The motion picture is entitled My Suicide. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, yeah, it's just creepy. So, Port- go yes. ahead. I'm, no, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, 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 after you. All right. uh, the Portland metro area posts the nation's biggest jump in unemployment. A Central Oregon teenager is struck by lightning in the school parking lot. You know, that's lightning strike thing. I remember when I was a kid, uh, read, and you see, you see those things early on and they kind of stick with you. But when I was a kid, uh, I would read uh, Reader's Digest quite frequently because my parents were hicks. And it was always just sitting around. And it's re- not just in hick combs. <laughs> Readers, really? Was that a? Did you all in New England uh, read the Reader's Digest as well? It was always there. It's the thing is about Reader's Digest is like I don't ever remember my parents actually subscribing to it or actively seeking to acquire it. It just sort of exist. It was like its own sentient life form, and it was just sort of around like highlights or something. It was like highlights for adults, basically. Um, anyway, but they had this section called Drama in Real Life, where it was always like gripping true tales of survival and adventure. And I remember there was this one about a kid. He was a soccer player. He was 11 years of age, and lightning hit him. And it hit him in the top of the head. And I remember just saying, and then his shoes were blown completely off. And I, from that moment, and I read that story two or three times in a row. And then it just horrified me so bad. It just stuck with me forever. And uh, and I I spent the next, I don't know, probably six months just complete, and I think it was young enough that you didn't really have a concept of like how the weather actually worked, and I was just terrified that lightning was going to hit me and quote blow my shoes clean off, and I would just I would like try to stick real low to the ground whenever my mom would make me leave the house. Uh, Kelly Clark from uh, the Willamette Week is in the studio with us. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Hey, nice to be back. What will we uh, be discussing today? Carney food. Yeah. Delicious, awesome. greasy, tooth rotting carny food. Fantastic. Mm-mm. All right. Uh, so that'll be coming up here in just one moment. We're going to take. Uh, let's see. Where's my. Uh... Where's my contest a bit? There we go. All right. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who might this be? Tia. Hello, Tia. How are you today? Fabulous. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Are you a uh, Motley Crue fan? Yes. All right. Are you interested in the pair of tickets to see Motley Crue as part of Crue Fest 2? I know the answer is yes. All right, Tia. So because you are the uh, first caller out of the gate on this, we're going to give you your choice. Would you like to play Super Fan, in which you must uh, answer a difficult but not impossible question about Motley Crue, or... Godsmacked, in which you must correctly answer a Bible trivia question. I will take the Motley Crue question. All right. So here is your Kelly Clark shaking her head in disappointment. Were you hoping she'd go for for Bible trivia? I was really hoping somebody would step up. Well, all right. Here is your question to you. Please name for me, and we are leaving aside here uh, uh, singles, B-sides, imports, EPs, live albums, anything. We're talking about main, the, 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 the actual just primary record releases here. Primary is the wrong word, but a word like that. Um, please name for me, in order of their release, 
the first five Motley Crue records? Oh, wow. I'm not sure I can do that. I will give you a few moments of awkward silence to ponder the question. (laughs) So from beginning to most current? Yes, this will be starting with their first full-length release, the first five Motley Crue records in order. You know, I can't even come up with five in my head. Ah, all right. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for calling. Thank you for attempting. You have brought shame on your whole family. Thank you. All right. Uh, Thanks. That was for David Carradine right there. That was all right. Well, look. Here's look. One either snatches the pebble from the hand or one does not. There's no kind of like bumping the pebble and then still getting the concert tickets. It Life doesn't work that way. Are we going to try somebody else? Yes, we are, Sarah. All right. Let's see here. Uh... <laughs> Hello, uh, who might this be? Ah, uh, this is Dan. Who is this? Hello, Dan. Did you really just ask who is this? Uh, is this Rich? It's, it's Lars Larson, wow. Dan. Hey, Lars, how you doing? Hello, is it Dan or Daniel? Uh, Daniel. All right, Daniel. Feeling a little saucy today, are we? Ah, uh, so-so, not too terrible. Somebody put their sassy pants on this hey, morning. Daniel, on a scale of 1 to 10, how cool do you believe yourself to be? Maybe? All right, fair enough. All right, uh, all right, Daniel. Same, uh, same question uh, for you. Actually, um, I will give you this super fan question. Okay. Please name for me now, in order of their release, the first five Motley Crue records. First five Motley Crue records in the order of their release. Okay, I think the first one would be Motley Crue, Motley Crue, and I think the second one would be Shout at the Devil. And I think the third one would be Girls, Girls, Girls. I mean, fourth one, Girls, Girls, Girls. And the fifth uh, would be... uh, uh, After Girls, Girls, Girls was... well, let me just let me just step in here to say the bad news is you choked here at the very end. The good news is actually the first thing out of your mouth was wrong, so everything after that was sort of superfluous. So uh, I'm right. sorry, I tried. All right, no, no, no. You know what? And Upward trying is really worth a lot of things. It's just not worth tickets to see a crew fest too. But we appreciate your uh, your contributions to the program, anyway, sir. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. That's uh, that's Daniel. Daniel is losing today on a show. Hey, Kelly, did you hear what I get to do tomorrow? No. I get to shave somebody's head. Oh, you're the one who gets to do it? Yeah. Oh. Did you hear the whole, did you hear all the psychological underpinnings of this? <laughs> I heard a little bit as it is. There's a whole great window into uh, into the psyche of Sarah Dillon. I've been trying so to wait, find her. You don't want to, like, pick skin or, or zits off people, but you'll shave someone's head? Totally. That seems uh, well, hair even is different creepier than, and more intimate to nah, me for some reason. Really? I don't know why. Hair is different than skin. Yeah, hair doesn't hair is different skin. Hairdrick Emerson. Skin has hair doesn't have pus in it. I mean, not most of the time. Well, not most hair. I yeah. mean, mine oh. sometimes does, but you I. Don't cross me out. That's a, I'm really looking forward to. No, no, no. Wait, what kind of technique are you going to use? Like, I get clippers, and um, have you used clippers before? Because you can burn people. You can burn them. Yes, you can. With uh, well, well I, I only sign know a release this. form. Well, right? no, 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 I only yeah. know this because I burnt somebody with a pair of clippers. So. <laughs> Say, no, the no the the wheels of CBS uh, legal grind finally. Oh. so uh, yeah, there'll be a release form that's like a hundred pages long. Well, that that Sarah, burn away then. All right, there'll be a burn Same. endorsement attached. There, <laughs> but uh, but and, but it's going to be the kind with clippers too because okay. that's that's the other reason they put uh or wait, what is it with guard? It's going to be a guard on the clippers. Okay, that's because that plastic guard is there to keep. 
the metal from touching you. Because I remember when I was a kid, my mom would occasionally, she would use, I mean, I don't think I actually got a haircut anywhere but the kitchen until I was maybe 13 or something. And I think I actually had to save money to pay for it myself because my <laughs> mom was like, well, I got the shears right here. And then she would put me on a wooden stool in the middle of the kitchen and then just give me the, you know, right there. And she would then take the guard off to do this sort of like near your ears or whatever. And it was just, and it was like having a waffle iron uh, put against the side of your head. It's terrifying. It's the equivalent for girls if, like, someone uses a, a curling iron on you. Uh, yeah. And inevitably burns your ear. Yeah. I, yeah that's just, what they're for, is yeah. ear burning. No good at all. All right. Um, so, hey, I want to get somebody with long enough hair so, like, maybe we can give them a mullet before. So you could do it in stages. stages. Yes. All right. You know, is this? did you ever have one of those Barbie heads when you were a kid that was, like, the life size with the long, flowy hair? No, I had one oh, on my soapbox yeah. derby car last year. See, so maybe this is there equal you parts your unpleasant hair story with the Teresa girl and your lack of a Barbie head growing up. You know, so this is sort of your <laughs> lack of a Barbie. You know what I mean? Like the for a Barbie head. You know, like that one that was like two thirds size. Gem doll's hair. And it would be, yeah, I cut my Barbie's hair. Off. Yeah, because you would see that advertised like on Saturday morning, and it was like it wasn't life size, but it was much larger than a regular Barbie doll head, and it was like and to show the girls like combing it and giving it like the different styles or whatever. Uh, let's do one more attempt at uh, giving these away here. Uh, let's see. This is, uh, is this Tony? Yes, it is. Hello, Tony. How are you today? Great. How are you doing? I am uh, fantastic. All right. So because uh, you are a uh, third caller here, so we're going to take the super fan question off the table. You will, uh, by default, get the Godsmacked question, which is a bit of Bible trivia. If I may ask, Tony, did you grow up in a religious home of any kind? No, I'm afraid not. Okay. So I will give you this option because I am, uh... Because I am feeling uh, generous, um, I will give you this option, except I think Kelly already knows the answer to this religious question, unfortunately. Mm. All right, I will give you, I will give you this option. Okay. You can either answer this God-smacked trivia question, which will again be a Bible trivia question. Or you can take a variation on the super fan question that uh, has already beaten several people before you. Ah, uh, well, since I'm not sure of the album names, uh, I better try the uh, Godsmacked. All right. Here is your Bible trivia question as part of the Godsmacked portion of this Crewfest 2 giveaway. In the book of Genesis... A man named Lot is fleeing the city of Sodom before it is destroyed by the angels of God. His wife, disobeying a command not to look back at the burning city, is turned into what? Oh, yeah, baby. A pillar of salt. A pillar Yay! of salt. Excellent. Congratulations, See? my friend. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Sir, see, you, non-religious people can help out the you, world, too. You are going to see uh, Crew <laughs> Fest 2, uh, July 28th, Clark County Amphitheater, featuring Motley Crew, Godsmack, Drowning Pool, Theory of a Dead Man, and more. All right, congratulations, my friend. I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, Greg Nibbler will get your uh, information. Thank you for playing, sir. Righteous. All right, you. there you go. Uh, that was awesome how we, how we knew we had it even before we talked. You know what? And I just... And, and, Enjoy. And, and, you know, that Bible trivia is such a niche thing sometimes. You think people are going to know stuff, and they don't, and the yeah, stuff... I, I'm so bad at Bible trivia. I can't do it. And I, I was probably the only trivia, piece of trivia. I knew about when I was before. testing Bible trivia questions here uh, in the studio, and like Tim and Sarah didn't know some of them, and like you did, and you you grew up non-religious, so it's all it's kind of hit or miss. All right, there you go. It it's the Rick Emerson Show. We're back after this with Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Stay there. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Here is Green Day. The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What? Man, Sarah oh and her Dylan's. On Rock 101 KUFO.
I like the phrase, dirty, dirty, sex drenched. <laughs> that really applies to me. I'm so It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. We're here with Kelly Clark from Willamette. We, we were just talking about uh, True Blood, which, so a couple of things. A, uh, our good friend Don Taylor was giving us the, just the full court press on that because I, I had resisted watching True Blood because it just, it, because I, it was just marketed wrong in the sense that I, there was a lot. There's a lot of things apparently about that show that are pretty compelling. That I didn't know anything about. Like it just I, seems kind of silly. But they kind of market it as Twilight, the adult version. Yeah, well, and, and it, it's nothing like that. It just seemed like it was for. It just seemed like it was for one of those fat Anne Rice women yeah. who just sort of uh, sits around the house and thinks she's a lot sexier than she is. <laughs> uh, you know, like one of those women who thinks that she's saucy because she owns like a like a, a piece. Corset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> or that she, or that in her, like hanging in her wardrobe, are several long uh, lavender-colored uh, pieces of lace that she sometimes thinks about occasionally being tied up with. So uh, you know, and and then she said, you know, and then she, uh, and then she goes online and calls herself, uh, you know, Black Rose. So. Anywho, apparently it's less like that. I mean, there is some of that, but I guess this whole notion that the vampires are known to exist and they have this sort of pseudo blood that they can buy in the store instead of having a real blood. Yeah, Yeah. it's a mix of like the raunchiest soap opera ever mixed with sort of a civil rights drama. So I will totally watch it. Okay, that sounds like the best combo ever. Yeah, and And then like hot vampires making out. There's hot vampires doing things that shouldn't be done on tel- on television. So I have the first season, it so I'll watch that. It made me blush. Okay, cool. okay, it made me blush. So there you, you don't go. blush. Let me well, ask you this. There you go. Okay, it's <laughs> it's wild. It's really fun. If I get now, if I watch the first episode or two, and then I, and I'm not. I mean, is that in other words, if I like the first two or don't like the first two, is that an indicator of whether I'll yes. like the whole show? Yes. All right. So Sarah, I will watch the first episode or two. It is just pure schmaltz. Okay. Know, and I'll kind of pass them along to you as if you know, as I'm done, or if I decide it's just uh, not my style. Okay. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. What is uh, what is going on in the world of uh, uh, the world carny of carny food? Carny food. Well, you know my favorite part of the Rose Fest, the the Grand Floral Play, just this weekend, and that's cool and everything. But basically, it's my excuse to go down to the waterfront village and eat disgusting things I'm not allowed to eat the rest of the year, such as oh, uh, corn dogs. Well, hand dipped. Don't because they have I found huge corn dogs down there? Why are you allowed to no. eat corn dogs the rest of the year? Well, because they don't do the hand dipped corn dogs other places. Usually, they do the 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 only place that does hand dipped corn dogs that I've found so far is the Vancouver Farmers Market, and the hand dipped corn dogs are infinitely better. They taste they're crunchier, but they're like four dollars and twenty five cents. So basically, you have to cl- just sort of check your mind at the door, get a big wad of cash, and go eat disgusting things, which is awesome. They also have giant elephant ears this year. They are two feet across. They look like some horrible sort of specimen of your body, like under a microscope. So I know we have this discussion oh. every year, and I can never really remember the difference. What is the difference between an elephant ear and a funnel cake? Oh, sh- I'm sorry. Elephant ears look like squished cinnamon rolls. Elephant I... ear is a large piece of dough that is deep fat fried. It's flat and kind of looks like a, a sort of flurly curly paper towel, and then doused with butter, and then you know sort of padded with cinnamon and sugar. Okay. A funnel cake is a horrible creation where they spew little squiggles of dough into hot oil, and it makes this sort of rat's nest of dough that I guess they supposedly put stuff on, but it's not nearly as good. Oh, so it's sort of like a... It's rat's so, nest versus flat. So that's almost... Awesomeness. A funnel cake is almost like a donut, yeah. and like, but as though you were making it with one of those like uh, icing squeezing exactly. things for the top of a cake. Yeah, it All looks right. like they put it in a caulking gun and sort of just go... Okay, got it. So, yeah, I'm going to avoid that. You should avoid that. But what you should not avoid, which is hands down the queen of the carnival this year, is the sweet apple pie fries. Yes. Please do explain. It is a Granny Smith apple. Um, This woman from McMinnville, Nikki Durig, made it up, and she sold them for two years. They're awesome. Or actually four years, but two here up here. 
It's Granny Smith apples dipped in batter, deep fat fried, rolled in cinnamon and sugar like an elephant ear, and then topped with whipped cream and caramel. See what? No bacon. I no bacon at this point, but maybe next year. Yeah, bacon apple pie. But it's like it's all the good parts of apple pie with none of the squishy, gross parts. I don't like any of that. They're crust and naturalifying. The the bacon will come. You got to leave yourself somewhere to go, Tim. You can't. uh, You know that's like with a car. You can't put all the accessories on the first time out of the gate. You got to build up to that. That's fantastic. You know what? Here's so good. You know what? I'm a a sucker for every time I go to like when uh, Laura and I went to the uh, the fair last year to see Weird Al. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, which was just which is the reason here's here's how my brain works. That was actually the same night that Salman Rushdie was in town and he was talking at Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing. And I had been talking to Dan Hanico, who's uh, you know, kind of our our guy out there. And, and he was like, hey, Salman Rushdie's going to be here. It's the first time he's been, you know, at Powell's since the Satanic Verses came out. And the last time there was, you know, a lot of excitement. It's a bomb threat. And he's going to be, you know, popular. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm going to be there. I can't wait to see him. in the." And then I looked at the calendar and was like, Weird Al Yankovic. Ah, sorry, Dan can't go. Got to be got to be a Weird Al. Eat it, yeah. Uh, and on. so we there, you know, we went and wandered on the fair and... I was able to hold out. I was able to resist until I passed the huge display case that was nothing but uh, carameled apples, you know, mm-hmm. and then the kind that, that rolled in the, the nuts afterward. Sure. And it's just, and that is, and I, I ate uh, actually two in rapid succession. I had one, and I think I was actually not even fully finished with the first caramel apple when I went, I'm going to go to the second one. And I walked back. <laughs> and it's that thing where the caramel is jammed into your teeth. And I said, Farmer, can I. Can I, can I just get another one of these? That'd be great. That's awesome. Uh, you know, and and I would have felt bad about that, except for my wife was sort of, uh, I won't say shoveling, but I will say eating with great zeal. Uh, I'm sure she'll appreciate a, that. Yeah, she's in Provo. A, uh, <laughs> a strawberry shortcake, which they were selling at the, 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 oh, like wow. the place right next door, which is awesome. So fantastic. Yeah, I usually steer away from fruit products because they're just too healthy yeah well. i like to go straight for the fried dough on fried dough so this year there there are the fried twinkies there's the fried oreos fried snicker bars too which even i just kind of said no to i have to say the fried twinkie we had one of those uh we made them actually on this show yeah. a long time ago yeah. and i found that unbelievably vile the best thing i've ever had fried is a fried uh peanut butter and jelly sandwich oh wow it was i bet that was good amazing. wait well, a minute fire on the mountain. A deep fried peanut butter deep fried mm-hmm. yeah so what did they did they roll it in like a batter uh, no, they just they kind of dipped it. My friend had a um, like one of the batterer things. I don't know the vats, and then just dipped it in, and then huh? Hmm. I don't really know. I didn't watch the whole process. I'm not really sure how the deep yeah works. Fire on the Mountain actually makes a pretty good deep fried Twinkie, but they're just you know after a you know it's more you know like after one bite you just feel like you're gonna fall on the ground. Yeah, I think that was die. my thing too. Yeah. Is I it was. It, it was one of the few times, actually, and I think I, I think I did eat an entire one just because I wanted to be able to say, you know, I didn't want to be like judging the book by its cover, so I had the entire. And as I was about two thirds of the way through this deep fried Twinkie, um, and I think Tim actually left the studio altogether at that point. I think Tim, <laughs> I think Tim said like, "I'll be back in an hour." Well, I or can so. handle if it was, you know, smothered in barbecue sauce and put it on a rotisserie. <laughs> Ooh, we should do that next. The, but. The, <laughs> That's as, what the Twiggy is missing, barbecue sauce. As I was, uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe within one or two bites of finishing it, it was one of the only times that I actually started to feel bad for my body. Like my heart was down there going, all right, well, uh, okay, I mean, we'll handle this if you really want us to, but come on. And yeah. I started to feel pity for my poor system that I was shoving this into it. Well, I did this test. You know, I went down to the, fun, to the, the waterfront village and tried little bits of all these food for the story last Thursday. And when I got back to the office, three people were like, are you okay? I guess I was bright lobster red and I was sweating grease. <laughs> it was, I, they said, they, uh, they told me this week, they're like, we didn't want to tell you that day, but you looked horrible. 
you looked really that there, was some, I, they were like you were shiny and it wasn't regular sweat it was a grease sheen all over your face and arms <laughs> okay yeah there you go that's awesome sweating mm-hmm. sweating grease so the kelly be, clark story so, so you can be like me it's go like, to the waterfront village it's like eat sweating your bullets eat your weight but... and fried food it's awesome all right, there you go. Kelly Clark from Willamette <laughs> Week, ladies and gentlemen. Read her uh, in print in Willamette Week or online at wweek.com. All right, uh, thank you. We will uh, speak with you again uh, next week. When we come back, Tim Riley, what stories are you tracking for the good people of Portland, Oregon? The half-naked corpse of actor Derek Carradine found dangling in a closet, a rope tied around his neck and genitals. We'll talk about Portland's employment rate. And the bottle of Lapine Teenager struck by lightning. All right, that's straight ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Until I'm hobbled. All right. It's, I realize sometimes burning acid on your corns to get rid of them. <laughs> It'll only hurt for a minute. We were just, and then hurt a lot. Oh, I've, I've heard that many times in my life. Uh, we were just get talking, it before the weekend, ruin everything. <laughs> I always do. What can I do that will minimize the pleasure that I might experience on Saturday or Sunday? Tim and I were just talking about how uh, Tim had uh, paid a visit to the podiatrist uh, some time ago, and that uh, I, I myself was going to be doing that in the upcoming, uh, in the near future. Now I go every couple of weeks. It's like going to a shrink for feet. Really? Yes. That's it. Uh, never mind. You know, there's a foot-binding joke to be made there, and I'm just not going to do it. Uh, let's talk about one of the proud partners of the Rick Emerson Show. That is Secret Aardvark, habanero hot sauce, ladies and gentlemen. You can find out more about it at secretardvark.com. If you go there, you can find out uh, where they sell it, and you can find out where they serve it as well. And I think I mentioned that when I went to uh, it was a pizza place in Hawthorne. It's not a paid endorsement for them. It's just a place called Oasis Pizza, which is quite good. And I guess everybody there... Um, one guy had come in, and he had mentioned it, and then they started stocking it. They put it on the table. Everybody began using it, and now so many people realize that Secret Art Vart tastes good on everything up to and including pizza that they can't even keep it. You know, they, they can't even keep it in the store. People use it faster than they can get it restocked. So here's what you got to do: you got to go to Secret Art Vart Habanero Hot Sauce, and you got to find out where you can buy it. Now, sometimes you go into certain stores around town, and they'll have the hot sauce maybe in different sections. Sometimes it's with other kinds of food. Sometimes it's all in one place. Sometimes it's spread out throughout the store. So you know what? If you don't see it. You got to ask. You find the manager of the restaurant. You find the manager of the store. You say, hey, Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. I want to find some. Where's it at? SecretAardvark.com is where you find out uh, all the information about this uh, wonderful condiment, ladies and gentlemen. The recipe and the company are right here in Portland, and it is quite wonderful. Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. I'm Rick Cesar Chavez Boulevard, Emerson. Call 503 228 4101. Some guys want a pizza, some guys want to be kicked in the face. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Join us tomorrow, and our guests will include Aaron Geek in the City Duran, reviewing uh, Will Ferrell's Land of the Lost. Speaking of Land of the Lost, uh, don't forget you can hear our interview with Sid and Marty Croft uh, online at KUFO.com anytime, day or night. This is Tim Riley at the News Desk. In the News with Tim Riley. The cold, half-naked corpse of actor David Carradine has been found dangling in a closet of his luxurious hotel room in Bangkok where he was filming. A rope, usually used to tie curtains, was found tied around his genitals and neck. Carradine was married five times and did have some tax problems. The title of one of his unreleased films is My Suicide. Once again, David Carradine found dead. He was 73. 
A corpse was found floating in the Willamette this morning. No relation. It was discovered by a Coast Guard ship patrolling for the Rose Festival. It was the body of a woman found around 5 this morning. Time for Britney Watch. Here's your Britney Watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Britney shaved her head. She did it despite her mother and management. That's from a new book. The pop star chopped off all her locks in 2007, shortly after announcing her divorce from Kevin Federline. Now, uh, the author of the new book, the Dr- Inside the Dream, claims the head shaving had little to do with self-loathing, more than loathing against the public persona than it defined her until now. What few people know was that Brittany was fighting with her mother, Lynn, who seemed to incidentally remind her of her mother's duties and responsibilities. What made Brittany most irate was that her mama kept mentioning how ex-Kevin wasn't forever, wasn't forever on the town. That was all the viewing of a controlling behavior she needed. The head-shaving moment was the culmination of escalating rebellion heightened by heartbreak over her divorce and custody battle, which can be traced back to 2004. Then... Britney allegedly binged on tequila shots shortly before her disastrous performance at the 2007 MTV Video Music Awards. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. This is also from the new book, Inside the Dream. And so this was the so this was that performance where it was going to be her big comeback, yes. and then she Which came is like out comatose. And, yeah, she was comatose, and and I I wouldn't so go so far as to say she was uh, fat, but she was wearing um she was wearing an outfit that was certainly for a slimmer period in her life. I'll say that uh, the bad outfit and a little She's bit of like weight gain. Bloated. That's the thing. It's like you know the wrong outfit will make you look way worse than you probably do. Then the gal who's uh, Britney's former assistant claims the singer's dad was very controlling. Yeah, um, he definitely said that. Um, you know, they're very controlling, and that's fine, and I just stepped back. I'm not going to fight nine lawyers and parents. <laughs> what the hell was that? There, there weren't as many people following Britney as we're led to believe. I feel like the media made it appear a lot more insane than it really was. <laughs> Minimum 50 people following us. Uh, your cars are going to get towed. It made everything look so much more hectic. It was crazy. What, uh, who is this we're, that we're hearing from is right there? cousin? Your uh, former assistant. Okay, no, so the, co- uh, the cousin is trying to get her own... Uh, oh, the Allie girl, whatever her name is? Allie, whatever her name is. Yeah. You know, she's got her own record album coming out. Um, her own record album? Her own record album. What did I... Her own, but her, like, her, like a, um, a music uh, recording or something. Mm. She's got some deal to put out, to put out a... To put out a re- would you not say a record album? Is that not correct? That sounds redundant. <laughs> Isn't that how they used to say it? Yes. I'll be putting out a record album. Uh-huh. I've never heard that. It does sound redundant now that I say it out loud. All right. Maybe I can check with R&R Magazine to see exactly uh, what the de- uh, what the definitive... Uh, I think you're a little late for that. <laughs> That's a Britney watch. Uh, there you go. Our good friends in Nickel Arcade singing Vodka in Heaven, Britney's song. 
Well, the president says he is obviously doing fine at the White House, but he's not looking forward to them getting older when gentlemen callers might be knocking on the door. Get a little nervous about how they're going to adjust uh, when they're teenagers. And, you know, they start having dates and, you know, they've got Secret Service guys following them around. And, uh, you know, they, there may end up being issues about... Uh, you know, uh, is somebody asking them out because they're the president's daughter as opposed to because they really like them? And, you know, it's already a self-conscious time in life. And uh, so far, you know, knock on some wood, uh, they are just happy and healthy and well-adjusted and, and, and not full of themselves. And, and that's, the, that's the quality that Michelle and I want to retain most. I found that when those young men come to the door, if you show up with a shovel in your hand... It usually weeds out the bad ones. Is that Bob Schieffer? As I said, uh, having a lot of uh, uh, Secret Service agents with guns is, is not an entirely a bad thing. Okay, that's way to give his children fun. a complex, though. They're already it's like, just to let you know, girls, maybe half of the guys who like you just like you because of me. Are, are you? And aren't they like seven? I mean, one's getting... seven, I think one's nine or eleven. All right, well, yeah, so I... there before they know it. Well, I guess it. I guess it is an issue. So I can't. I, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine that anybody would ask out uh, Barack Obama's daughters when they were that age. Anyway, wouldn't you just be maybe like the Jonas Brothers? No, but well, the, 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 didn't the Jonas did the Jonas Brothers not sleep at the White House already? Wasn't there some? Uh, wasn't that like the first week they were there? I think they were visiting. I'm not sure if they slept over. But I mean, like, well, not Disney wouldn't allow that. They did, like a slumber party. But I mean, because there's like multiple, there's like guest lodging or something. I think they came performed and then they, like stayed in the oh, guest. There's always a Lincoln bedroom, the Everybody guest house or whatever out. it is. But um, yeah, no, that's. I mean, it, it seems like that is a. That look how badly that Levi Johnson guy is going to get screwed, and that's just Sarah Palin. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, who's really up there with no power in a state that everybody's already forgotten about again. So, no offense. Uh, so, yeah, that's a that's a thing you just wouldn't do. There's a, yeah, that's a thing you avoid. And we're repeating our top story today: a madman smears feces over uh, public transportation in Phoenix. Other passers-by were asked, what would they do if placed in that similar situation? I wouldn't move and change to another seat. Just run off the light rail. I don't even care if it was moving. I would um, obviously move from the area um, of the feces and um, make sure I tell the <laughs> correct um, authorities about the situation. That's but, it for today. By the way, uh, uh, FYI, this uh, comes to us from the, uh, from the text. The correct authorities to deal with that feces are, in fact... Sir, do we have a morning show sound effect ready for this? Sure. The correct uh, authorities to deal with feces are, in fact, this isn't my joke, you understand. Okay. I'm just reading this off the screen. Oh, one are we the, waiting for something? One of the people uh, sent this uh, to us. Oh, I see. The feces police would, in fact, be... I'm going to say this, and then Rick. we're going to end. We're going to end the show, but I want to be very clear. This isn't my humor. I'm just passing this along from someone in the audience. The, uh, the people of Portland have come up with... Uh, with this particular line. They gave you a twit, a Twitter. The, uh, yes. The, the feces police would, in fact, be the poo-poo-popo. I can't even give I was told I had a morning show sound effect. That sounds very childish. <laughs> Thank you. There you go.
We want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and James Root, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Joan Embry from the San Diego Zoo. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented and soon-to-be head-shaving Sarah X. Dillon. Yes. Uh, and the, in the uh, newsroom, it's Tim Riley. The phone's Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. The gatekeeper Dave's in. Webmistress Bridget from upstairs. Uh, CBS uh, Radio Portland uh, marketing guru Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, it smells like the 90s with our good friend Bob. Followed by Court and Fatboy this afternoon, 3 to 7. It is Thursday, May 4th, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. Thank you for listening. Be safe. My name is Rick Emerson reminding you to watch out for snakes. See you all tomorrow, kids. Bye. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.